Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 99, which is a movie that was filmed or released in 1999, which is Fight Club, directed by none other than David Fincher. It is an absolutely amazing episode. We were talking about the fact that like Fight Club seems like such an obvious Martini Giant episode that we should have done years ago. Uh, but we never did. And it made us realize like, oh, this is great. We actually have a huge well of stuff to do. And we're so excited that we keep finding episodes that are like huge and amazing to do. Now, obviously, if you are a Martini Giant fan, you know that Dan already has many opinions about Fight Club because he has brought it up on several other episodes. But we were excited to do this. Now, Fight Club, as you guys know, has recently gotten son of a bad rap on social media. A lot of people talking about how it promotes masculine toxicity, which is so ironic because, in fact, what it's doing is it's actually showcasing how masculine toxicity is developed and telling you how to get out of it. And that is actually the point of the movie in some interesting way. So it was really great. We really love it get into a lot of those discussions and uh, super happy to have that. But for now, please enjoy episode number 99 with Fight Club. Today, we are going to be talking about Fight Club, a movie Which? that I'm sure Mr. Thrawn has a few words to say about. I do. Does anyone uh, here know that I love Fincher movies? Is that like common knowledge? Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone here know that I've seen Mank 30 times and probably you shouldn't listen to me on anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Fight Club is an interesting film, having seen it a few times. It's got a lot of things in it, subtle subtle things in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it even is self-referential of its subtleties mm-hmm. in it that it says things that you've missed and then they have a bunch of things in the film itself, things that you missed. Uh, the film is uh, not a sweet film. <laughs> no. 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 I think that's a but fair assessment. But it's, it's interesting. 1999, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has a little bit of that date to it in there. Like, uh, yes. Oh yeah, it's a it's definitely a stylistic time capsule for sure, right. and it and I think that it, like it it's really on the on at least at the surface level, it's dealing with Gen X at that moment. Like mm-hmm. it's uh, it's definitely it's it's using Gen X's stresses as its leverage point. So like yes. it, is, and it, it addresses is, it well. Yeah, it does, particularly about like consumerism, and it really mm-hmm. hits the point. I have a question, and I was thinking about it when I was watching it. Like uh, Fincher at the time was huge, you know, he still is huge, but he was I mean, come you know, off seven, yeah, deal. seven was gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if it was hard for him to get that greenlit. Uh, yeah, I do. I don't know the full backstory of that. Is it his story or is it a book? It, it is a book. book. I have the yeah. yeah, I have yeah. this stuff here. He said, but the point is, just to go to a studio and just with the. I mean, for 98, let's say, or 97, he probably It's a risky it. venture. This is a risky venture. That's what I'm saying. Venture. But so did he have to get like Brad Pitt and then... Yeah, I and, think that's probably part of the story. a big star right. attached that made them go, yeah, like oh, this, okay, this is I, in a number of ways, I can't imagine this movie being made today at all. And in yes, 19... Like, ni- where yeah. I'm going with this. Yeah, <laughs> like in, in 90... In, and in 99, like it was a bomb. Like it is, it is 
it is isn't that crazy it's seen as a classic right now but this is one of these things where like it did do well it did not do well no it underperformed crazy. and uh and it like it, it yeah it was not it was not really well received it had sort of like a a complex reception uh and like people because it was violent people liked people that liked it liked it but it was still like completely out of left field because the guy was coming off of like you know if you've seen seven here's the movie by the guy who did seven and you're expecting a completely different kind of movie than than what he's done so far uh and so people didn't really know where that was coming from and then the people that hated it like but hated it. Yeah, but Hardcore. he did. Like, even his music videos, they were dark and moody. Sure. Like Genie's got a gun or whatever. So the point is, you know, after seven, you'd be like, yeah, he's going to kind of continue to make some moody, right, right, moody things well, on I, a roll. Yeah, but I mean, I think that there's a different. There's like you said, because I also love seven. Seven is an incredible movie, um, but it is uh, it is comparatively very straightforward in terms of what it's saying. Um, Whereas like, it's a genre like, film, though, right? Because it's yeah, basically like, a, a, a twisted, a twisted, basically film noir-ish neo noir. Yeah, it made very well, little money. It made very little money. It, yeah. so, Which so one? It, it, the, well, Fight Club. Um, Fight Club. Fight Club. So the, the the seven made gazillions of dollars. It did. Uh, yeah. The budget for Fight Club was sixty-three million, mm-hmm. which is actually pretty Whoa. low. Right, That's a lot of money though. It's well, a big nice. investment for this kind of movie and for a semi-untried director. But he had just made seven, and seven made uh, zillions right. of dollars. So the opening, domestic opening, was eleven million. Yeah, oh. and yeah. then Rough. total total domestic was thirty-seven million. Yeah, that is a bomb. That is a straightforward bomb. International was sixty-three million. This movie didn't pick up speed until it hit. Uh, uh, HBO and DVD, DVD especially. Like that's when it was like. Yeah, I have the box set. I love yeah. it. Yeah, the box set is one of the classic DVD sets. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw like, it in theaters. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I no, I was not that. I, First I time I saw it, I was not that. Yeah, like I, I was actually, I have been, and people will take issue with this. Like I, I enjoyed and continue to enjoy Alien Three. I think that is a good horror movie. It's not anywhere near the caliber of other Alien movies or the first two Alien movies, but it. Taken by itself, it is a good, nasty, pretty well made horror movie. And so I was like, it was it was a nice surprise that Alien Three was good. And then when I went to go see Seven, I was like, this guy's fucking out of control. This guy's a great director. And I was really looking forward to Fight Club, and Fight Club was a, the next step after that. And then so like I was very very happy when I, when I saw it, but I was puzzled as to why people had the opinions they did. Like the reaction well, was quite bad. Interesting. First of all, uh, real quick, I want to thank Walton Singler for subscribing to us for another month. Uh, appreciate it. He's on a nine-month streak, which is oh, right awesome. on. Thanks so much. Um, so, uh, reminder: if you want to subscribe to uh, Martini Giant, it helps the channel, uh, and uh, we'll also you'll have access to special areas in the Discord. And when we do watch parties, you are invited. In fact, Walton Singler, if you would like to be part of our watch party, you may uh, join you us. Get Please be, feel free. Join us on the watch party, and you get to pick the movie itself. Uh, that would be great. You just have to join our Discord in order for that to happen. Yep. And for you guys to get the, dis- the, the Discord, I'm putting the Discord uh, invite in the chat now. Give me a second. Copy the link. Nice. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah right. uh, oh, well, you are part of the, if you, okay. So I will, I will make sure to give you access. If you're already part of the discord, I'll make sure to give you access to the subscribers the lounge, subscribers lounge, and then you can uh, make suggestions. It on it's so like players club with Telly Savalas. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Subscribers <laughs> lounge. Yeah, yes. That's right. It's an opportunity to pay more for drinks at the airport. But yeah, the, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, actually, you say I, I, we're like the duty free. We're the duty free zone of movies. <laughs> That's right. right. Movies. We, we like we love movies the way you love movies. Duty we're duty free, free <laughs> and proud of it. That's right. Single gotta, serving friends. That's, That's right. Single serving friends. <laughs> you get a Toblerone with each uh, podcast. Uh, um, the little mints and the little packages. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I, we, I don't know, man. I don't miss traveling that much i used to travel a lot for chaos and after the pandemic i was like uh yeah it's okay <laughs> i i discovered after i just uh, uh took my eldest son on a road trip to texas and uh and so we drove basically for two weeks down to texas and, and back yeah. um and uh, we had a ter terrific time and i discovered it, i it's not that i hate traveling i just cannot stand the experience of flying like I don't oh. even mind being in the air. I'm not like scared of flying. Uh, oh, it's the airports you hate. It's the it is. They make it as unpleasant as possible. It is. It's a nightmare. Yeah, I would actually have nightmares of being in an airport trying to get to a flight. Oh, good lord! I don't blame you. The worst. Yeah. That's and it was mostly Frankfurt Airport. That's what I had nightmares of. Frankfurt Airport. No, I've been to Frankfurt. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, yeah. Bad news. That's man. why I fly through Munich now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go yeah. Like, that's like, because I, I would rather, I would honestly rather drive 12 hours a day for many, many, huh? many, many days than be in an airplane for three hours. <laughs> like, it's wow. Really I was like, what a, what a, it's, un, it's, because un, I mean, like, driving across the country, I'm just like, get to stop and eat wherever you want. You get to, like, yeah, it's got beautiful scenery, you know, like, and meet weird new people. It's fantastic, but like you don't meet the weird new people in the right way on airplanes. Like you meet pissed off people that are packed up. You do. Them. You meet Tyler Durden. You meet Tyler Durden. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we just went to in June to Italy, and it was, it was definitely. Uh, I lost my temper. I mean, it it's, was, it's, it's it's a, a journey. Pain, yeah, it's yeah. a journey, dude. It was like fuck you. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely hard. But being in Italy, I'm not is gonna wonderful. lie. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, I was just going to go. I'll start drinking as soon as I get there. And then, <laughs> but it's definitely like just the, even just like the people in front, the guy in front of me just was like, he was huge. And the seat back, I couldn't use my laptop. It was just like, and then waiting. And then I, I didn't have certain ticket I didn't have. So I had to go all the way back to the beginning of the line. It was just like, man, and just the people, just crazy amounts of people. Yeah, it's just insanity. It's just insanity. Yeah, and and it's going to Scotland soon, and uh, she's got, she's prepping for like whatever it is the sixteen hours of travel that's going to take to get there. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's um, terrifying for me to think of. Yeah, it's it's a long journey. Speaking of meeting Tyler Durden on the airplane, have you guys ever followed the website wwtdd.com? Which is no. what would what would Tyler Durden Tyler do? Durden do. <laughs> oh, no, I've never seen this. It's a yes. blog. It's a blog post, and it's pretty. It's like your inner Tyler Durden writing about things that are happening. <laughs> this is fun. This is very fun. I've been there before. I have. Yeah, yeah. it's been around. That yeah, site's been around for fifteen years or more. Twenty. Years. Oh man. Okay, I'll check that out. It's hysterical. Yeah. 
Yeah, the um, I think that people like here are my 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 general thoughts on this movie after I just watched it an hour ago, right? mm-hmm. and it actually been probably maybe a couple of years since I saw it. I'm not sure. And uh, uh, my feeling was like going into it, it was just like, oh, it's gonna be nice to see this again. I love this movie. This is really interesting. Um, it's you know, it's not on the high high end of my Fincher experience, but it's like you know, it's mid mid to mid to high. Uh, and this time when I'm watching it, I'm just like. I agree with this movie way more now than I ever did. Like there's this movie connects more with me now than it did in 1999. It's because you own more Ikea furniture. <laughs> yeah, like, Why is that though? Why is that? What's the, what's behind that? Let's see if I can get, if, if, see if I can break this down short in a short manner. I feel like this movie, I've always thought that this movie is a great, uh, pardon me, critique of, Critique of toxic masculinity is the quick way to yeah. say it. Um, and the, I think it's incredibly clever at how it, instead of just from the get-go saying, you know who's bad? Bad men, right? It instead seduces you for half of the movie into Tyler's argument uh, and then slowly leads you from like, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, fuck Starbucks. And you're totally on board, or I was totally on board with all the steps along the way. Um, but at some point you go, Hey, whoa, what the fuck is going on? And you're, yeah. this is happening to you at the same rate it's happening to, um, Ed Norton. And it's really nicely balanced, uh, in doing that. And I think that a lot of people don't like this because they say like, you know, a, movie, they think it's a celebration of time. It's of, a celebration. Of, and it's, it is 100% a, you know, like a, a re- revocation of Tyler Durden's point of view. <laughs> right. Um, like it, it absolutely the, says this is nonsense. It's uh, the same thing with Starship Troopers about yes. being about Nazis. But oh, wait, people, I've been yeah. celebrating these guys the I've whole time. I've been cheering for the They're Nazis. Nazis. Exactly. But <laughs> the, the, the important thing about this movie and about movies like it is that it means nothing to go into a movie and have the movie say, here's my statement. Do you agree? And then you go, yes, I agree. So we are all good people together. Like you don't learn anything from that. Like well, you, when you, the point, yeah. Right? Like when you watch a when you watch fight club, like you realize, Oh shit. I like, I'm a smart person. And I think of myself as a smart person, but I can get fucking gold by a figure like this, just like anybody. Like oh, I got you know what? I know why. I know why you think this. I know why you think this. It's because of social media that's currently going on and mm-hmm. our political situation. Just yes. thinking about the fact that people have been convinced that January sixth was set up by Antifa. Yes, exactly. exactly. The fact that they can be convinced of that. Yeah, which is, is this utterly some ludicrous idea. character made them believe right. that. And so, like, I've I've always. Like you're, you're exactly right. Like, I mean, this, you can see this mechanism at play all over the place now. Right. And what I really was struck by that I didn't really recognize before is that what Tyler Durden and his crew are doing in the movie is stuff that the left believes in, like super anti-corporate, super anti-cop, super like, I, I was just like, Oh shit! This is like a this is a more balanced film than I realized. It's what mm-hmm. it's because like what it's ultimately saying is like this. We're speaking right now in terms of like the setup is guys are susceptible to this. However, there is a broader statement that says we are all susceptible to this. And when you apply that not only to the January six conspiracy theories, but to 
I don't know, I don't know, pick your poison, like literally any topic on the internet at all. I was like, I think that everybody I know has a Tyler Durden influence in their life, whether they're with a political spectrum or whatever it is. Like there's a thing that makes them feel very good to believe. And it's led them further and further into more aggressive and unreasonable positioning on something that was originally a good idea. And, uh, and it leads Eric's you down my the wrong path. Yeah, this may be true, <laughs> but like, this is the, cause this is the thing. It's like, <laughs> the, 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 like, cause I think the most powerful thing about Fight Club is that not only is it seductive in the beginning, but Tyler Durden's argument at its core in the beginning is not wrong. It just goes the wrong way. And in Zen, you call that the near enemy. Like it is like, there's a good idea but it's applied incorrectly. And so things over time go crazy. And that's what I, that's what I really want to talk about. All right. Should, how do you see Helen Bonham Carter's, uh, um, role? Should we go over the story and get, when we get to her character, we can talk about her. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it roughly. It does, I don't think anybody here has not seen Fight Club. I doubt that. I don't but, think like, anyone's here, but I'm, I'm trying to remember that the point of our podcast is that we're explaining it to people, to some people who good have point. not seen it. Yep, and we point. only have less, fewer people. Like, for instance, like people will hear this that have a very strong opinion about what Fight Club is, even though they haven't seen it. I think that that is a strong possibility. That is a possibility. And there's people who, and the other thing is people may have seen this, not liked it. And, uh, you know, similar to what we did with, um, uh, uh, downsizing, downsizing. Yeah, people, we, some people a lot of people that, said, "Hell, yeah. wait, this is a good movie." That's kind of I didn't think it was a good movie, but, right? Yeah, so, exactly. All right, so uh, starts off with uh, an amazing shot, opening scene, uh, going through a brain done Pretty by ahead digital of domain. Time. Yeah, done. Yeah. Yep, that was done by DD at the time, um, mm -hmm. and nowadays honestly it's weird some of the big cg stuff in here looks a little dated oh sure yeah, yeah. but i have a theory about that though not theory i just have a, a comment on that it does look dated but at the same time i kind of liked it because it's a video game quality and i like the textural quality it's there's back yeah. then i was yeah. like that's not perfect and you like, know I, yeah i agree like there, there's like, that's cool it has i think a style it, i think it. yeah i think the, uh, you're exactly right I think pixels because, age and the pixels yeah. do age yeah like i think that there's like we can see that it's cg for sure like uh but the stylistic design is still 100 percent on point like the so the the style survives even though you can see the seams and i think that that's a big difference because like right. it's, it's it is really nicely so, done for the time but the the in, the intent survives very well. I it doesn't throw a lot off. of. It's not like watching Rollerball, where it's yeah. like all the effects are like, ah, okay. So, like for example, I believe the trash they can scenes where you go sight. through the trash can or you're flying through the buildings. I believe those are all done by Booth. I, I think. Yes, they, they are Booth like in France. France. Yeah. yeah, right. Because Booth also did Panic Room with him. Yes, and they also did rather uh, rather nicely. Uh, what do you call it? Um, the uh, Gaspar Noé movie, uh, Enter the Void. They did uh, Dave co-produced Enter the Void. Uh, um, they also has... did uh, scenes from uh, City of Lost Children. City of Lost Children. Yep. Yeah. So they're high anyway, style. They're high style. But anyway, so go through... Booth's still around? I don't know. That's a good they question. Were big, they were big mental ray people back in the time. And that was when no one really used mental ray. That was like right. a big thing, right? Um, anyway, uh, so uh, go through the brain. 
uh, out the barrel of a gun. Gun is inside of Edward Norton's mouth, and it's Tyler Durden talking to him with his gun barrel down a house, telling him, giving him a lecture about something that's not quite clear. Right. Right. What's going on? But clearly, he's being threatened by Tyler Durden. Um, and we're then, starting at the end of the movie, essentially. Start, it's it one of those one of those tricks when you start at the end of the movie, and he's right. like, "Oh, how did I get here?" And then you start that, and he doesn't quite go back all the way. Mm-hmm. He goes exactly. into uh, the the first scene. He goes in is actually him being hugged by uh, by Bob, played by right. Meatloaf. It sort of it sort of hops it hops back and then hops back a little further after that, and then goes back right. to where it was. Yeah, right. Clever. So he's being hugged by Bob, which is you know pretty funny. Uh, Bob is played by Meatloaf. He they're in a group therapy of some kind or or support group of some kind. Right. We learn that and, that Edward Norton is extremely depressed. He has uh, what do you call it? He is uh, uh, insomnia. insomnia. And he, in order to fight his insomnia, um, at his doctor's suggestion, he like no, he, his doctor, the, the, his, his doctor tell his doctor. He basically tried to get pills from his doctor sleeping. Like I'm in pain, give suffer- me pills. I'm in suffering. He's like, you want to see pain? Go check out the prostate. Uh, go right. check out the so prostate cancer people. Yeah. Right, and he finds an emotional, a sense of emotional release by listening to others um, suffer, express their suffering. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, and which is a. We'll get back to what that means to me now. Um, but yeah, that, that's so like in this, he does this so much that he just starts going to other things that support he, groups, other support groups that he also has no you know, reason to go to. Like he doesn't have testicular cancer. He doesn't have upper gastric problems. He doesn't have all that, but he keeps on going. But to it's therapeutic li- and he can be able to right. sleep now that he right. can and listen. And now to he it. can sleep. Right. And this is going and, great until. And so what he does, well, well, hold on a second. What he does is he also says, I don't say anything mm-hmm. to them, so mm-hmm. they always assume the worst, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is also mm-hmm. really funny. So he does this all the time, and he's addicted to it. So he goes, he take, he goes to every night. He goes to a different support group, and then she comes in, Marla, <laughs> with one of Marla, my favorite favorite her? opening lines ever when she walks in and says. This, this cancer? cancer? <laughs> <laughs> is this cancer? Yeah. Oh man. Also. <laughs> The way they poke fun at those groups, that was edgy at the time, too. It would be even more edgy. Now. I was really discussing this because you know, <laughs> we just watched it. I was like, what's, I think what's, this is a great way to, so like they make uh, the, the uh, men with testicular cancer, for people who haven't seen the scene, like they are represented as like very, uh, like emotionally emasculated people as well as literally emasculated. Uh, and, uh, and so they're like, they're very sort of uh, un you know, unconfronting and very soft and like they're, they need to hug each other and be together and all this kind of stuff. And like what, like it, it plays it like it plays them, like they're playing honest emotions in the scene, but the scene is making fun of what is going on. And like, I think that like, Antoine making like, fun of eunuchs. Well, yo, they're not. Yeah. This is the thing. Or it's like, cancer, they, they are not. Yeah. Okay. So let me bring up the cancer one. For instance, like what they're really making fun of. This is how genius Fincher is, is like in the, in the cancer one, there is the woman who gets up, you know, everyone's standing up to the microphone and saying their, their journey and how beautiful their struggle is and all this kind of stuff. And then this one woman comes up and she's like, I'm very close to the end and I no longer fear death. Um, 
However, what I really want to do is get some hardcore sex in my life. And I will, if you will come to my apartment right I now, have I have pornographic materials. I have amyl nitrate to knock you out so I can have sex with you while you're asleep if you need it. So you don't have to look at me when you do it. And like the cancer no, crowd. No, it's poppers. Those yeah, are poppers. Exactly. So like our pop. Yeah. Like, so like, like to make it you, fun. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Like <laughs> the crowd that is there and everyone's there to be like, oh, oh like this suddenly turns away from her entirely. Right. Right. Like, so what it is saying is that it's not making fun of the fact that she has cancer. It's making fun of the fact that the people here are not really here to deal with actual pain. They're here to hide from pain with each other. And like, they're like, this is like, they don't want to hear the, the hardcore story. Like that's too, that's too close to the bone. They're all terrified of death. And she like brings right. it out very bluntly and everyone's like, fuck you, get off the stage. Right. And the same is true in the in the um, uh, in the in the um, uh, testicular cancer group where it's like all these guys are here so they can uh, instead of uh, really confronting things, they are there to um, uh, express like to feel comfort in pitying someone else. And uh, and and this is what Edward Norton is doing. Like we're all just suffering together. Uh, and you get addicted to the suffering as opposed to like actually trying to develop skills to uh, share, share truths with people. So you can really uh, confront hard things. Uh, and what the, pur the purpose of these groups as he's going to them is to perpetuate the feeling of suffering. So they feel like I'm, you know, like they are uh, comforted by the fact that other people are also in horrible pain and like, that's not something you should be comforted by. And I think that it's, it's sort of a, it's a very delicate thing to say. And this is why I say like Tyler in the beginning has a starting point that is true, you know, which is like the things he is noticing and complaining about, uh, are people missing, like they're missing the opportunity for real, uh, happiness, uh, that because they mistake, the truth of something uh, rather they mistake an emotion nearby the near enemy for the truth of the matter. And, and, uh, and so like the movie is very, very subtle in doing this, but the Chloe, the cancer patient really drives that home. Yeah. 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 It's uh, uh, I, I saw so, the groups differently, but I just, I, I understand what you're saying with the kind of, the way she was joking about it, but right. I, well, I it's a, the the way to say it is that it's, different, it's the difference between the near enemy of compassion is pity. Is what they say in Zen, and everyone else, everyone at those meetings is there for pity because they hope that someone has it worse than they do. Or, well, you're reading to their minds too, because it could also just be like an AA meeting where you're just knowing that somebody suffers like you. Oh yeah then it's kind of like, oh, you know, it, it's, there's somebody else in the race. In a oh, sense, with that, no, you, 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 don't, don't get me and, wrong. You're, and, you're exactly and right. Just by going there and right. saying, hey, I'm just like you, it's is a therapeutic. Yeah, I completely so agree with you. he comes in and he's not really like them. Right. Then he gets really selfish and tells Helen and Barbara Carter, he's like, why are you doing this? You're a tourist. Right. Get and out so of is here. he. And he, <laughs> he and so is, is he. but that's the hypocrisy right. of it all. But the right. point is, it's not really his place to say that because he's a tourist as well but right. somehow he controls that meeting and in the background all these people are just by being a, a habit of it and showing up and just saying you know hey 
I'm alive and, you know, I exist and oh, without I'm doubt. going through what you're going. That's the therapy right. of it all. Well, yeah, like AA. I'm 100% on the same page as you because like this, is, this sequence, I think this sequence itself is actually, uh, uh, I'm not sure. Who's at the private airport? Yeah, it's nice. I am. Um, uh, the, uh, I, I'm not sure how, when Fight Club came out as a book, but there's a very similar and deeply uh, written stuff in a book called Infinite Jest. And Infinite Jest, yeah. right, has... Uh, like it's a thousand pages long. It deals entirely with addiction and like great, like hundreds of pages of the book are going to AA and uh, all the writing is based on um, actual AA transcripts. And like, it is really beautiful and super intense. And the people that are there to tell their story are not there for pity. Like they're there because they want to communicate a shared experience, which is, you know, like we have to confront the real, the realities of our life right together that's the ther that's what makes it therapeutic right uh and uh by sharing that we can help each other be strong I also that's think absolutely what, true and valid yeah but i think also what makes it therapeutic is just showing up it's just showing a ritual up, yeah. in your day where you show up and 100 cleanse and uh it's really just there's no name to this person or absolutely anything it's just i show up and yeah. uh, it's the matter of fact choice to do this that makes all the difference right and, and Dave, Dave has to, there's a lot of great lines in this, mm -hmm. uh, but Dave put out the lines like, I don't have a tumor, but if I did, I'd name it Marla. Yeah, so <laughs> incredible. So incredible. So like, which is also like just a riff on that for a second. Like, now, like the thing that is making people confront their life in those meetings is, say, cancer. Like they are having to, like, they are up against the wall. Like, Chloe is like, she's having some major life realizations because she has cancer. And so Marla is cancer. Like she is having the same effect on Edward Norton. Like he has to confront what is, what is actually happening for him. Mm -hmm. Like his life is fucked up and he's living on excuses. And she comes in and says, there's no outrunning this. Like you will, you have to confront this. And, the, and so the other... it's a, quite an accurate line. The, but there's also another really good line I, I, when, they, when they're discussing it. They, she, he says, or she says, when people think you're dying, they really listen to you instead of waiting for their turn to speak. Yes, right. I, I saw her as really the vehicle for he likes to control everything, and he feels like he's losing control of his life. Mm -hmm. And in that clarity, once he he's like, I know who you are. I, I'm smart enough. I know who you are, and you're cheating, even though he is cheating himself but right. it's about control and the yeah, fact well, that sure he wants yeah. to, he wants to keep on living the way he's living and she comes and fucks it up like he's living a lie in in in, in trade for comfort and and she comes in and shatters that like she just reflect he's like he says the line is like she, her lie reflected my lie you know and it makes it very clear that he is not being truthful with himself and that's what destroys it for him and I think that that's the, the underlying theme of all those scenes is like, here are people that are by and large not being truthful with each other and with themselves. And that's how like he gets, that's how Fincher gets you to relate to Norton's point of view. is isn't simply by agreeing with him, but just sort of like going, I feel the same kind of anxious, like unsolvable anxious struggle as this guy. And, uh, and when Marla comes in, she is slightly, she is the solution in many ways, but she's 
in the immediate sense a real problem for him because like yep. i could have fucking gotten by without you i could have just been in remaining men together for the rest of my life yep so uh marlon him the confront or he confronts her he's upset about it he's trying to get away because with her there he can't perpetuate the lie and he can't sleep right so she's the problem she she is a reminder that he's fake she right. he sees her he sees himself in her right when she does that so he confronts her and basically they agree to try to split up the different support groups every day so that well, they she's a thief that. just like him mm-hmm. yes and she steals uh, uh, clothes out of the laundromat dryer and then sells it across the street. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Among other things, but yes. Like, yeah. I love that he, like, she's just like, she's just doing shit that he's doing, only he's calling her on it. And you're just like, you fucking hypocrite. Look at you. <laughs> it's total, it's total hypocrisy. It's, it's hysterical. That's yeah. the genius of it. Yeah. The, the very, very hypocritical. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, so once, once that's, uh, <laughs> we've established these two characters, then we continue down the dullness of Edward Norton's life where he's on airplanes, constantly going to hotels, dealing with Ugh. claims, right? Which yeah. that, that part of the film reminds me of up in the air. <laughs> yes. True. Right. Right. Cl- claims adjusting. Claims adjuster going, traveling constantly, uh, just very depressing life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is uh, just kind of a terrible thing. Anyway, so he's done – he's he's on the airplane explaining to this woman how – they decide whether to recall something or not based on the odds of the cost of the recall yes. versus the amount of people that mm-hmm. die. But who do you work uh, for? I can't say. A major, major, car major <laughs> car company. <laughs> happens way okay. more often than you think. Yeah. Um, and then, so that happens. And then uh, he is so depressed that he wishes that for a midair collision on the airline yes, and envisions the midair collision a spectacularly done. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. Scene. Right now. What's interesting about that, that scene is that I saw that before I saw the film. Cause you were TV. No. Yeah. No. How did I remember? Maybe it was after, maybe it was after I wasn't at TV. I was visiting uh, Ben Proctor who mm-hmm. was at that time, a previous artist at PLF. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how um, um, the PLF prevised the entire thing to figure out how they were going to shoot that right. scene and make it work and what the cameras are going to do and emotion control and all of that. So there, that plane crash scene was heavily pl- uh, planned to be very economically done mm-hmm. uh, through previs and it was pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, so it's an all in his head, of course. Uh, but he basically claim like, you know, life insurance, insurance plays triple 
if you die on a business trip, which I found <laughs> found Hold on one second, guys. Hold on, keep going. Yeah, super ironic because he doesn't seem to have anyone in his life. Where's that money going to go? Where's compared to? to? <laughs> exactly. Like he right? loves the he loves the mechanism. Like the, I was just like, oh man, my life is worth three times more. That's great. Yeah, but yeah. who to who <laughs> to who? <laughs> exactly. No, it's an all. You have a kids. Uh, life insurance only matters when you have yeah. kids. You are literally parents. the single serving friend. <laughs> you are the single serving friend. <laughs> like that's all you got. That's all you got. Yeah, I, so, I think that, and like some of the, like the it's so it argues so well for the like these little frustrations and little hypocrisies and sillinesses that we all experience like the you know the uh the chicken cordon bleu hobby kit you know like these are really right. clever snappy little lines that you're like oh yeah i agree i agree isn't that ridiculous and it those keep stacking up so you're like i you end up being like i i feel you ed norton like yeah we we lead this is the life we lead and it feels you know, very numb and, uh, right. and everything is equally unspecial. Yeah. It's, it is interesting, you know, like him, him de dealing with that life was very much a reaction towards, uh, uh, the materialism in some ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Yeah. So there's a materialism that's, that, that, that we're talking about, like the little servings, the Starbucks, the Ikea, all of that. And uh, I do remember a lot of people when they saw this film and they liked the film, mm -hmm. they were arguing for like, yeah, fuck Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. Fuck Ikea. Like it's they like, didn't see the point all the way through. Like, there's a whole statement that comes along with this movie. <laughs> you know? It's the end of it is exactly telling you, I don't think you saw the whole film. Yes. <laughs> Do you yes, get exactly. all the way to the end? Right. Because right. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, like for instance, I love that the, like, in it, I it didn't really put this together until you just said it, but like the zoom out from the trash can is the zoom out from the brain. Yes. Right. And so symbolically it's saying, here's all the trash that is in our minds. Like, right. this is the, this is the Starbucks cups and everything Starbucks, else, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like, this is what makes up, our, this is what makes us up right now. And like there, when you're in a frustrated position about that stuff, like you, everyone can surface agree with that. You know, everyone's sort of like, there's a, there's a glib way to agree with that, that scratches an itch for you. Right. And, right. uh, you know, just like, oh, everything is just like the way we complain about Marvel movies, for instance, you know, just like when I see Marvel movies get slammed, I'm like, ha ha ha, that's right. Take that. Of course I do like many of the films, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I try to make that point in the TikTok. I'm saying, I don't like, dislike Star Wars. I don't dislike the new Star Wars. I just don't think that that's fair to our Kids. Oh no! Yeah, exactly. I mean, regardless of like the fact that if they, if they were making great Star Wars movies, which they're not really making, like it's still it's still the the point still stands. It's, it's, <laughs> the point still stands. Like where's right. where's the fresh where's the fresh stuff? Yeah, exactly. Of course, we're but, also yeah. talking about how we're celebrating. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? God damn it, John Wick Four. But that's different. That's different. That's well, this John Wick is a sequel to John Wick. Like it's continuing that at very least. I understand. Yeah, so. I understand. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, where were we? Uh, so, um, after he has that conversation, after he imagines the plane crash, uh, the, the black woman who was sitting next to him was, is not longer on, on with him. We, uh, so if we figure it might be a different plane, but then this character shows up. Mm -hmm. It was, this is our first introduction to a dialogue with this guy named Tyler Durden. Right? right. And they're having a conversation and he's the kind of guy 
who have, if you've met on a bar who makes outrageous statements mm-hmm. about things like the oxygen on the plane is there to make you high so you don't panic. Right. Like those types of things. Right. You know, as opposed to, no, it's actually really there so you can breathe. But yeah, that's because okay. there's very low pressure. But like, right. like he's like it, it connects with this, bar with, philosopher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's and it's very it's Brad Pitt. It's very charming and very funny. Like the cuts to like the you know like all the illustrations of these very passive people going like almost smiling as they're putting on you know breathing masks and all this kind of stuff. Like it's all very like it's all good surface funny charming stuff, right? Right. And it also like connects with because what he's saying about like. Uh, oxygen gets you high and you don't realize you're on a, a, a plane that's falling out of the sky. Like we, what it's really saying is we are all on a plane that is falling out of the sky and the oxygen we are being fed is shit like Starbucks and cornflower blue ties and all that stuff that makes it mm-hmm. seem like everything is great when actually we're plunging towards our doom. No, we're just and sheep. We're just sheep. We're sheep. So Take like, back your life. So there's a when you're when you're in a frustrated point in your life as Edward Norton is and everyone gets at some point like things come at you that make you identify with these shallow but immediately impactful statements that Brad Pitt is making then uh, and they all because they all come from a common core that I think people can agree with and so they sound deeper than they are. Because if like, this film was done today, do you think they would have done? Uh, mm. He would have done a big bit on iPhones. Yeah, exactly. The, the same same kind of thing. Yeah, iPhone, iPhones, Netflix. What you just swap? I don't think they would have done the cancer stuff. Oh, they would totally avoid that. They don't know how to do that stuff. No, like, I think that the, the, the no. Uh, yes, I, I okay. I agree. They would. This movie would never come out, right? Because they don't do those very things anymore. Be, yeah. I well, mean, we are we are back to the most restricted social speak we ever have been. Yes, we cannot say it is. It is far worse than we, ever. Don't we, say it, Chris. Don't say it. I want to stay on the air. <laughs> don't say it. We we police each other constantly. Everybody it's, and it's the left sad. and the right do it. Every, everybody does it because we're all right. afraid of being grilled on social media, and so we are very avoidant of anything that'll that'll set off a tripwire. The ultimate effect of that is that we don't trust anybody at all. Like we, we assume that everyone is out to get us. Right. And so the idea of releasing a movie, right. The reason why it's difficult to make a movie like this. And I don't think there's no movies made like this. I would argue things like uh, promising young woman is, is along the same lines as fight club or, um, or sorry to bother you is along the same lines as fight club. And they're like, they're not they're Neither one is quite as good as fight club, but they're, they're arguably doing the same trick and really nicely. Um, but uh, but it's very difficult to do that because uh, uh, right now we are all trained to believe that anyone you don't know means harm to you with everything they say. And if they use even slightly the wrong language, that is proof of their villainy and they must be destroyed. And I think that that's probably a bad way to go. Right. And so sure. like you, you can't have... Uh, the subtle critiques like the cancer of Chloe, the cancer victim without people really flipping out because they don't see that the point of the joke isn't the cancer. The point of the joke is just how people are receiving it. All you have to do is look at how people treated the Joker and to realize how, 
how just like it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's a great that's a great one to bring up because like I think the Joker is a is a pretty good movie. I I don't feel like I don't have passionate feelings over Joker. I think it's a pretty good sure. movie, right? Um, but we we so much need a movie like that. The people that that it rang a bell for like rush to its defense, like some great work of art. It's I don't think it's that great. It's pretty good. You know, but like they, I think people will really want something like this to be said. The problem with the problem that Joker faced is that it's not well made enough to understand how to say what it wants to say. So, uh, it, it comes all like Joker. This is a great example of what I meant by the near enemy. Like Joker should be about compassion, but is about pity. Like, look at this poor man being treated so badly and we should understand it. No, not really. Like you should be able to watch taxi driver and go, I bizarrely have compassion for this nightmare guy. Like mm-hmm. I feel I'm, I'm, I see enough of his point of view and it's not trying to frame it in a way that distances me from the bad stuff. It's like Travis Bickle is a fucking very dangerous person with bad ideas, but it shows me enough of his life that I go like, I can see how I could get there, or I have, I have feelings that rhyme with these frustrations. And he, uh, well, he doesn't belong, or he doesn't know, right? In a world that's changing, right? And so, like, by having compassion for someone like this, you can understand how to diffuse situations like this, right? Uh, whereas when you just simply have the like the Joker, though I liked it very much, um, it has some really great sequences, uh, is more about uh, complaining and more saying like, you're not listening to the people that are hurt. And I'm just like, well, some of these people are real fucking assholes. <laughs> you know, like you have yeah. to separate this a little bit. Compassion and pity feel very much the same, but one I is useful and, be- one is, and one is bad. I don't think people have, they've, we've lost the ability to show uh, character layers. Yes. Exactly. We only show people as very, very, very narrow character layers. Yeah. They're either ultimately good or ultimately bad. That's the right. only way we can accept Why? it. Why? Because they're trying to go broad and get every, like, a because you audience. feel safer. You feel, yeah. as an audience member, you feel safer when you see that. Like, you, if you're yeah. like, I also think that people do not read, like, every person is described as in a tweet, right? They don't yes. take long enough descriptions of people. Right. It's like, this person is this, and that's all they are. And from this point forward, you can only think of them that way right 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 and yeah, wrap it just, up yeah exactly it's really kind of sad yeah. um well it, it means because like what you're doing then is you're living in a cartoon world like yes. you know you know yourself you have like all sorts of deep reasoning for the things that you do and so you know yourself to be a real person but if you look at yourself as a real person and everybody else is fucking the you know is christopher lloyd from roger rabbit then you're going right. to make some pretty stupid decisions yeah, you know? right. and so like a great art to me, and like I'm, I'm happy to say it. Fight Club is great art. Like it really makes you think hard about what your own experience is and what your what the things you the old things that you really face, and it challenges you to consider yourself. Here's the thing, right? <clears throat> I think that the the problem the problem with Fight Club is that. Uh, the world is smart enough to know that. Well, sure. Really? Well, no. I think it's, well, I, don't, like, I think very few I, people I, actually got it. I think, I think, <laughs> I think a large, I think that, that, okay. So this is, this is a whole other aspect of the discussion, but like people started fight clubs after watching fight club. And yeah, which those, is, those people are fucking morons. 
Like yeah. that talk about missing the point of the goddamn movie. Like it's it's crazy. So the question is, should you make Fight Club if you risk people making Fight Clubs? Right? And my answer to that is the New Testament of the Bible with this fictional character named Jesus Christ is very explicit about being a good person all the time and extremely forgiving and saying, don't do cruel things to people, see things from other points of view, et cetera, et cetera. That is one of the greatest, most powerful philosophical messages that has ever been ripped off of Zen. And it's been, it's one of the most popular things to say in the world. And is it followed by the people who say they follow it? No, no. So there's literally nothing you can write that is good that won't be abused. Even the goodest thing will be repackaged to someone else's purpose. You can't take responsibility for that. You can do what Stanley Kubrick did with Clockwork Orange, which is when there was violence committed after Clockwork Orange came out in the same vein as people starting fight clubs. Like there are thugs in England that started like dressing up like Alex DeLarge and beating people up. They were beating people up anyway. But now they're dressing up like Alex Large, and people are just like, oh, see this movie made people crazy. Kubrick was like, fine, we're pulling the fucking movie out of theaters, you morons. Like, and, and, they, and they pulled it out. And they're like, and he had to explain himself, like, this is about opposing what you are doing, you dicks. You know, and, right. then, and then they re-released it so that they could get by that. But yeah, you caught it though too, right? No, I'm not sure if they did. But yeah, like, they, like the fact is like, you will never be able to get around those people. And so the answer can't be, well, don't say things that are true and powerful because then people might misuse them. Well, people are going to fucking misuse them. That's how it is. That's what they do all the time. Look yeah. at what they're doing to the Bible. That's it. <laughs> this is it. Like, if I mean, Jesus I, came back today and saw what people were doing in his name, they would, he would never stop throwing up. Yeah, one of the best. One of the best lines right there. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's, that's the deal. It's just like, you th- like, it's not like people weren't going to, these fuck ups weren't going to start something like a fight club. It's just that they put a brand name on it because that was funny to them. Right. Like, that's like, we, you have to expect that that's true. You can't, like, it doesn't, you know, like people fucking dress up as clowns and kill people. So what? <laughs> like, no more clowns. I mean, maybe no more clowns, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. You know, people like, eat Tide Pods, for God's sakes. Yeah. Like, there's a considerable bunch of the world that is going to do stupid shit and and uh and that's just the truth you know and so when a movie like movie comes out like fight club the responsible thing to do is to instead of have a instead of having a reactionary stance like rosie o'donnell did like what did rosie o'donnell do she flipped out and she she is she had a moral cause to keep people from seeing this movie, and she gave away the ending on her show and all this fucking stuff. And I'm just like, you fucking scumbag! Like, you don't like you don't even understand what you're doing, and you're projecting onto everybody else that the Did only she way really to, do that. Yeah, yeah. She's she, yeah. She's a, she's a fucking idiot, you know. And she's and well, we're the, about to give away the ending anyway. So. Well, yeah, but we're gonna warn people, right? <laughs> And so the like she like she did this because the movie had like had a major emotional reaction in like she had a major re- emotional reaction to the movie. And instead of taking the time to try to go, holy shit, this movie really made me mad. What do I let, let me think through my feelings where she might have discovered something. She's like, I must protect everyone from this movie. Like, fuck you. I'll make my own decisions. Thanks. Right. You know, like what like what kind of why are we assuming that everyone is 
Like we're just like, oh, they're bad. And so I'm not even going to think about it anymore. I'm just going to try to destroy them. Like, yeah, that feels a lot I think more like that. Part, one of the things in the movie that it reminded me, he, Brad Pitt said, you know, everyone grows up thinking they, they're going to become millionaires and their life mm. will be perfect. And not everybody does. Yep. And I think that's where all the people in his army were. They realized that. Yeah. And other and this, people around. Why people dress like clowns are like, well, I'll never be a millionaire. Do you find the similarity to that and now? It's the same thing right now. It's exactly the same. It's probably much worse, I would say. Like, yeah, because social media. Yeah. We're just everyone everyone believes they're going to be a social media superstar, including us. You know? Like, <laughs> uh, not me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not banking on them being a millionaire over this, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. But like, yeah, this me. is the, like, this is the, like, the, I think that, like, Fight Club really applies to now in a lot of ways. Then what makes it apply to now apply to now the most is that nobody wants to hear this message. Like, this is not a pro-toxic masculinity movie. This is a movie about how you might be fucking up your life. Like, it is it is definitely anti anti-toxic masculinity, but it's also anti-stop lying to yourself. Like, get get with get with some under self-understanding so you can have peace. And, well, it's uh, also like understand how quickly you can turn mm-hmm. masculine toxic. Oh yeah. 100%. Right? Or, so, or, or anything toxic. Like once you start championing some cause over, over reality, right? you know, and like the, like, you know, like blowing up a fucking Starbucks brass ball, like, what is it you're doing? <laughs> like, right. like, what do these guys think they're doing? I don't understand. Right. All right. Let's get through it real quick. Uh, basically, what happens is he gets off the plane. His his luggage gets lost. He doesn't have any place to go. He goes back to try to get to his apartment. His apartment is blown up. There's a big fire. Mm-hmm. Exploded. He has no place to stay. He tries to call Helen Billum Carter or Marla. Uh, uh, he he doesn't talk to her. Hangs up the phone and ends up calling Tyler Durden, uh, who doesn't pick up the phone. And then the phone rings. Mm-hmm. It says, "I star sixty nine you," and I said, "Want to grab a beer?" And so they grab a beer. So they have they have a chat over beer, and uh, they uh, go outside. And then the, he's. he basically invites him to stay at his house. But before they go, he goes, "Hit me as hard as you can." Right. And he does, and uh, they hit each other, and they're like they kind of get a high over hitting each other, right. really hard. Uh, then they go to his house, which is pretty much an abandoned mansion in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, really dilapidated, um, and basically he's just squatting. Totally so. unlivable. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. disgusting. Right. It's, it's huge and disgusting. It's pretty. It's huge and disgusting, and yeah. totally dilapidated. Everything's uh, they lose power all the time. It's terrible. Uh, so anyway, that's where he ends up living. They each have their room, and they're living there. Um, I believe he calls. Uh, or Marla calls him, or he, he uh, yes, Marla calls yes. him, right? Right. No, like, uh, and so Edward Norton's talking to her, and then he's like, Ugh. she keeps going on and talking and talking. He, he just leaves the phone off the hook, and then Tyler Durden comes over, picks up the phone, and is talking to her. And then the next scene, um, uh, we hear Edward Norton come home, 
and uh, Tyler Durden's door is closed. And he says his door is never closed. He goes downstairs to the kitchen. Marla comes down to the kitchen, and he and uh, she says something to Edward Norton, uh, and you know, kind of like matter of fact ish. And then Edward Norton's like, "What the fuck are you doing in my house?" And she goes, "Fuck you." Yeah, and she what leaves. The fuck? Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Fuck you. And she leaves. Uh, and then Tyler Durden comes down and says, "You got some fucked up friends," and starts talking all about how he had sex with her. Right. right. So uh, this is we're starting to realize a strange relationship that's happening, and they're starting to put it together uh, between Marla and Tyler and Edward Norton's character. And uh, they are they never named, but people generally call Jack because. He Jack. quotes right. from the magazine article. He reads like, "I am Jack's medulla oblongata, etc. I right. am Jack's blah blah blah." So people refer to him when they talk about this movie. They talk about him as Jack, as Jack, because he keeps using different names to all the support groups. He never really uses. Yeah, he right? makes up these. Ma- also, like I really love it because they're they're Cornelius space mon- and stuff. Yeah, space monkey talk in the end, and he cu- and he's called Cornelius, and Cornelius is from Planet of the Apes, which is pretty. Sick. Right, <laughs> tell me, bright eyes. Yeah, that's exactly. That was, a, right. that was a great Heston right there. Nicely done. Yeah. Greathead.com. Uh, so, but we noticed that their continued relationship that they have, they are never all three of them in the room at the same time. Right. Like, they, yeah, it's, and he says, it's like my mom and dad now. You know, it's like, right. great. Like, they can't, like, I have to pass messages between these guys. Like, right. He has, he, like, he, like, he's semi, like, he has this continues this antagonistic relationship with uh with her well tyler is just as he says sport fucking her right and uh and so like tyler's like tyler could give a shit about her and is constantly having sex with her and edward norton has real conversations with her but hates her right which is funny right you go down the line and figure out what's going on uh but at the same time um they're, they continue to like to fight in the al- or in the alley of the of the bar, uh, and attract other people that want to come along, and they start to want to hit each other. They start seeing this, yeah, so they, they form little, right. they form the fight club, the 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 the, uh, the fight club, and it's in the basement of the of the bar that happens down there, and they have their rules of fight club, which if you've even if you haven't seen the movie, you've probably heard the rules. First rule is don't talk about Fight Club. Second rule, don't talk about Fight Club, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, you just hit each other as hard as possible. And the, 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 the fight is over until it's over. Uh, or, and, uh, Somebody calls out. Yeah. Yep, someone taps out. And, you have to stop. and, and so that's, that's basically it. It's just uh, – and people do it just for the high of uh, feeling alive or – feeling pain or whatever it is so right. uh very and it's very ultra ultra testosterone like yeah and this is very this is very liberating for uh jack because like now he shows up at work and he's fucking beat up and he's bleeding at the teeth and whatever and he's like i seen I, all the stuff that i was worried about before is bullshit like I'm reliving, right. a, I'm because I am Fight Club and I know what pain is. And I really just put myself up against the ch- the test of uh, fighting other men, uh, and and like now I know what's really going on. And uh, my work and all this stuff is is total nonsense. And to be fair, the movie also goes, 
well, it is total nonsense. Look at these douchebags. You know, like he does nonsense work. Uh, it's for a, an evil corporation. Uh, yeah. The people they works with. So the movie is still like agreeing with him. Like it's it, it's a little it, it's a little office spacey at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, the movie is settled into yeah. agree, agreeing with uh, like the it's fringy that he's fighting, but at least it's providing him with realization about how shitty his work environment is. That's that's yeah, the point. Yeah, of and, and how bad is what they do compared to what they're doing? I mean, the, the job the company works for basically lies. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's all but murder, right? All the time. Yeah. And then they pretend like it's just fun. I mean, when the dude, when they're looking through the car wreck and the guy's and talking the, about a melted, a melted corpse. little girl as modern art. Like, he, so they're completely in human dirt bags. Yeah. Like, they don't need, they don't even, feel, they feel nothing. Right. Yeah. And so we feel good that as extreme as Fight Club is, we are on Jack's side still. Right. Right. And why I mean, do you think you like Ed Norton so much? <laughs> like I, Ed Norton is a is a terrific icon of everything uh, wrong with Gen X. And I think it's hmm. like I, I love Gen X. And I think that Gen X has produced some of the greatest artists in the past 50 years. Um, and, but like the, this sort of like intellectual self-pitying jerk off that he really is in this movie, um, uh, is both very funny and he makes, he, he successfully pulls you into that form of complaint. Like it's very infectious and it's really, really nicely done. Like it's a, it's a pity party all the time. It's a, it's but, that's, a that, but that is one of the greatest um, uh, Fincher strengths mm-hmm. because Fincher Fincher's movies very much play on Gen X. Yes, right? yeah, right. I mean, you we had a similar we, we had a man. similar discussion with uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, right? Yes, like, the, the, huge generational issue movie. Yeah, right. So, yep. and, and it's specifically about how stupid the Gen Xer is. Compared yeah, Double O Seven is a fucking idiot in that movie. Right, and it, that's the point of the movie. Like, I, I take it a step too far by calling him the villain of the movie, but you, it, the, the point is the same. Like, right. he is he is the one who fails her, not the fucking serial He's, killer. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, he is. Fincher is very, very savvy to that, and like, he is. He's both a great example of the best of that particular generation, and he really understands our shortcomings very well. Right. 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 So, uh, so excellent point. Okay, so where were we? Where did we leave off? Oh, right. The, this the, is the, this the, is the, 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 the threes company problem, mm-hmm. right? And right. and Fight Club itself and, is, is getting spreading. popular. Yeah, popular. Then we also we also, by the way, find out about uh, um, uh, Tyler Durden's uh, jobs. He is definitely very rebellious mm-hmm. person, right? He works <laughs> as a pro- projectionist, mm-hmm. right? And then the, as a projectionist, he uh, he swaps out the reels, uh, which if you know anything about movies, it does. But they explain it very cleverly in the movie. They talk about the cigarette burns, which is the little circles that pop up that tell the projectionist to change the reels. Uh, I still look at cigarette burns in films. I love it when they show oh, up. That's so good, dude. When they, so, when I just saw their cigarette, cigarette burns in Mank. I love that. I didn't notice that until recently. Really? Like, yeah, it's fucking that's awesome. That's crazy. Oh, they don't have reels anymore. Yeah, there's no reels. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's awesome. It's that's so perfect. Good. Great touch. Okay. So anyway, there's cigarette burns. 
uh, and then uh, which uh, allows you to do that. And what he likes to do is he likes to s- insert single frames of pornography into family films, right? Uh, uh, which also includes the audio stripe, which is hilarious. That's right. <laughs> my favorite gags uh, <laughs> 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 that are watching some family-friendly musical, and then you go. Ah. <laughs> like, so short, and the like, kids are like crying. Like, what, like, what did I just watch? Uh, at this point, I have to interject with my story about seeing Fight Club. The first time I saw Fight Club, uh-huh. uh, and I won't give away anything at the end just yet. But the credits came in, and it played for about ten seconds, and then it cut to a street corner. And on the street corner, Brad Pitt's walking up the street corner, talks to somebody like at a flower shop, and then starts to cross the street. And is suddenly hit by a car horribly violently and then falls down and is hit by another car immediately. And then the credits continued. And I thought that's the way the movie was. But in fact, someone who had seen Fight Club, who was the projectionist, took that scene from uh, Meet Joe Black and cut it what? into the movie. Yeah, it blew my mind when I found out later. I was like, well, Where, so what theater crazy. was that then? That was in Harvard Square, I think. That's it was Harvard crazy. Square Portland, or, or that's Davis Square. Crazy. Yeah. Yep, it was fucking awesome. I was just like, I didn't know until much until like days later that that was that was not, not part uh, of the film. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, and we should note that after we've seen all all leading up to that scene where we see him inserting pornography and stuff, we see what single frame pop ins of character that are all over the place in this film. Yes, before yep. Tyler Durden shows up. Yep, right. So he's starting to pop up as as uh, you know these single frames like behind someone just like. He's, yeah, it's all over the place. It's right. all over the place. So, like, to, uh, again, another sort of symbolic marriage there is just like with Star- pulling out of Starbucks, Planet Starbucks shot and the brain shot, right? Like, Tyler Durden specifically cuts in this shot of this huge porn style penis, one frame into the family movie, and it goes blip, like this. And we are getting one frame intercuts of him, of him. who is a giant dick <laughs> yes. like the movie is doing what the, what he is doing yes it's it's and so it's all over the place in that which is right. really kind of awesome all right so then um and oh, didn't you say connecting you, to that didn't you say eric that the the movies that are playing outside of theater are movies that brad pitt and helen Bullock yeah he's uh, seven years yeah. into that you said yeah that's yeah great. yep that's great which is really downtown funny. la yeah Right. Yep. So, okay. So then, um, okay. So after they do that, uh, uh, oh, he also works at a catering company mm-hmm. as a server and he likes to pee in the booyah base. Right. And other things. Yes. And other things. Yes. And so basically just, just being that guy. Right. Yeah. Um, which is really kind of hard. Okay. So, where do we? I forgot where we go from here. Where, where, so, where? so the, this like this shows the growth of Fight Club, the mm-hmm. growth of uh, Jack being sort of more fuck you at his job, right? Yeah, and uh, and uh, basically how uh, Fight Club is to, they believe this cleansing uh, spiritual event, and that's why it's sort of spreading, and so many people are showing up at Fight Club. That's just it's getting larger and larger until Brad mm-hmm. Pitt says. Well, obviously, a lot of you have been breaking the first two rules of Fight Club. You know, right. like, yeah, yeah, like this is not acceptable. We have to keep this tight. And as he's in the middle of saying this, um, 
the owner of the building that owns the basement in which they are fighting, who doesn't mm-hmm. know this is happening, comes down and says, what the fuck is going on? And he has like, he's like, he obviously sort of a mob figure. He's got a violent looking bodyguard with a gun. And, right. uh, and uh, Brad Pitt's like, you should let us stay here. He's like, fuck you, get out. And then punches Brad Pitt. And then uh, Brad Pitt goes down on his knees and he's like, get the fuck out. And Brad Pitt's like, you, you hear what I You understand what I'm saying? And Brad Pitt goes, no, no, I don't quite get it yet. So the guy beats him in the face again. And he goes, oh, yeah, okay, I got it. I got it. No, oh, I lost it. And the guy beats <laughs> right. him in the face again. And Ben essentially just lures the guy into a fight. And the dude just beats the living shit out of Brad Pitt. And he's yeah. laughing the whole time. Right. Right. And this is the point when Brad Pitt becomes sort of superhuman in the eyes of the people that are there. Like, right. Uh, and he, uh, he laughs and laughs. His face is bleeding like crazy. His nose is broken and blood pouring out of his mouth. And he's laughing and laughing. And he just jumps on the guy and starts bleeding all over him. He goes, you don't know where I've been. Al. You don't know where I've been. And the dude right. like flips out and says, you have the fucking basement. And it just runs out, runs out. And that's the moment when Tyler Durden becomes a more messianic figure. Right. Like, he has a message mm. that he's delivering now. And he immediately sits down and says, I have some homework for you guys. Like, yeah. I want you to start fucking with people, start fights in the real world. Right. Yeah. Uh, has Bob showed up again? Bob comes in pretty, pretty, pretty shortly. Like that's right. how, that's how Edward Norton knows. That's how Jack knows how far it's spread because like, he doesn't even know that Bob is in fight club. He goes on a different day. And so right. Bob shows up and Dead Norton's like, what the fuck is that? I didn't. And then so Bob and Edward Norton fight and, uh, and Bob beats the shit out of Edward Norton, even though like initially they were hugging at uh, remaining right. men together. Right. We should note that uh, Bob is played by Meatloaf, who Meatloaf, is a big yeah. guy. All right. right? Uh, I tripped over his fur, uh, over his suitcase at JFK airport. I didn't know that. <laughs> nice. Well done. <laughs> Uh, he said, he, uh, he did talk to me. He said, are you okay? <laughs> Cause I literally <laughs> felt, like yeah, right. <laughs> I literally just was looking and was like, Oh my God, that's meatloaf. And I didn't see his Gucci luggage in front of me and just tripped right over it. Right, and right, like, right, right. like complete comic style. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> <tumbled."> <laughs> uh, but Bob, and I think uh, we've he, talked about it on the show too. He was there when Kennedy got assassinated. Oh yes. yeah. You mentioned that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Literally, literally was there. And then he was driving with his friend and the FBI or Secret Service commandeered his car, his friend's car. And they jumped in the backseat of this old convertible in Dallas and they drove to uh, the hospital where Kennedy where was. was. Right. And then Kennedy comes in the car. So they got there before. So when they pulled Kennedy out, he was there on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the guy, That's and then crazy. he just said he stood by the car, bloodied car, right. as everybody went inside. That's wild, dude. Isn't that yeah. wild? Yeah, and he met him because they went to see him give a speech, and they got to the back of the entrance of the hall, and he pulled up and he shook his friend's hand, and and smiled at him and went in. That's Meat, meatloaf and Kennedy, man. That's. That's that uh, sounds like a punk rock song. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? That's, yeah, like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, but the we should note that Bob, as you remember, he is in the testicular cancer group. He has been 
He lost his testicles. Well, so and he's he also he was a juicer as well, right? He was a he, uh, oh right, right. He was right. he was a bodybuilder, and he and he was very masculine situation. Right. He lost his testicles, so they gave him hormone treatments of testosterone to try to help him, but they gave him too much, so therefore his body. Uh, gave him more estrogen to balance him out, which made him grow breasts. So he has big, huge breasts, as well as being a really big guy. Referred to by Jack <laughs> as bitch tits, which is bitch the ling tits. lingo of uh, that of of that uh, lifting realm. And right. uh, and so, like symbolically, especially in the testicular cancer scene, like it's like uh, there is a very physical mothering quality to Bob. Uh, yes. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's really pronounced, right? right. And uh, and like the, the there's a like Ed Norton like he forces Ed Norton to hug him the first time, and that's when Ed Norton breaks down and starts. He was just making fun of this stuff, like in the narration, and then right. he's hugged by Bob, um, and presses his head to his chest, and Ed Norton starts crying. And uh, he's sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And one of my favorite bits in the movie is like he pulls, his face, he pulls his face away from Bob's shirt. And, and it's, it's like this. Impression. Yeah, it looks like the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, but like that's that like that's the one. Of, well, that's the part I wanted to add. It's like that the criticism we're getting of the group is through Edward Norton's eyes. And then he gets roped into the group like because of the emotional. Then the testicular cancer uh group like he is roped into what this provides whether or not it's healthy for him and that's exactly what happens when he meets tyler it's a preview of what happens with tyler like he right. gets like he starts seeing us like he has a spiritual release by being part of this group because he is so desperate and so well, for bob it's, to come the group yeah it's a group of people mm -hmm. who didn't become millionaires and where do they go? Who do these people, there's groups of people who are just floating. And I think yes. that's what some of that, the, the, the people who are the, uh, you know, people who don't fit in and, and right. all that, you see that within and there's a community. Yes. And it makes and, you feel uh, like you are understood. It makes you feel safe. Uh, and it gives you a, a, an emotional outlet that you previously didn't have. And so it kind of doesn't matter whether or not what they're doing is going wrong <laughs> like it's it's giving you what you need so do you think in a way he's acting when he and helena Bottle carter come in they're acting like a one percenters like we're actually not part of your group we're lying yeah. but we're yeah, kind of like, using you a little bit right well the thing is like he like when he meets bob at testicular cancer right he uh bob like i said he's the mother figure of that group and edward norton gets what he wants gets what he needs gets the care that he needs from Bob, even though it's simply situational and it gives him a simulation of what he needs. And so it's, a, it, it's symbolically important that Bob shows up again at fight club because of what it's saying is this is what fight club is doing for Edward Norton. Like it is now serving the same purpose as the testicular cancer group. Like this allows him to connect with a spiritual aspect of him or believe he's connecting spiritually when actually he is. But there's still a club he wants to get in. Yes. Exactly. And that club is, is Tyler Durden. Yes. Right. Yes. And it's, but it is, you're right. Because the fight club itself is like a support group yes. in a lot of ways. It, it is exactly. a support group, exactly. but he, but the point is he goes to the first support group 
he acts as though he's better than this. He's just taking advantage of and it. And then he would he never really join it. it. Right. Then he becomes makes his own support group. But in reality, he just wants to be part of the Tyler Durbin club, which yes. is basically he wants his friendship or there's something he wants from him and he never gets. He doesn't like uh, Edward Norton. He has a cool friend and he's not cool. Well, yeah, like Edward Norton in like the broadest sense that will ultimately connect is uh, like he is not in touch with himself. Like he is apart from himself. He is uh, what you would like, he, like the, the like psychologically what you're talking about is his he is disassociated. Like he is suffering from dis disassociation disorder, which is extremely common nowadays, right? And uh, that disassociation is a, is a sense that your physical experience of life is apart from who, like your identity, and your identity is sort of in space a little bit. Like you're, it's like watching yourself play a video game. You know, and uh, that you can't connect the, your spiritual needs with your physical self and you can't enjoy the things that you say you enjoy and you can't be a part of your own life as you live it. And so he what he needs as a character is to unify that in himself so he can directly experience the uh, reality and spirituality simultaneously. It's all very Zen talk. Right. Well, he's, and, he's a man going through a divorce. He divorced his previous life. Right, exactly. And so, like, many people, like, this is why I, like, I, I really focus on the testicular cancer bit. It's like, it's not trying to make fun of these people that are suffering. It's rather saying, like, like, masculinity is dead. Well, it's, well, uh, like, it's, that's part of the trick. Cause it's not, like, I think that the movie is actually, like, what it ultimately ends at is, like, a, a true identity for, uh, a, a true singular identity of whole self. Right. Um, and, Brad Pitt steps in and says, what if what you're, what, what if what you need is masculinity? Right. And he makes it very, very, very attractive. And part of what he needs is to embrace himself in that way. That's true. But Brad Pitt makes it very black and white. And once you start black and white thinking like it, like you go down the wrong path very quickly. Like, but you see, I see the beating though is, there's a masochistic thing. Like he puts mm. himself through that in order to the pain possibly wakes him up, but mm -hmm. the pain is part of this process. He, maybe he looks at it as part of a process of getting better, but he doesn't know what is on the other side, but he's going through it. And it's the pain starting with the first blowing up his apartment, right? He's destroying everything and to destroy yourself and right. then start again. No, but but I don't is, know what I'm going to be, but I'll right. start again. Well, like, and all these things, when you when you sort of abstract them like this, like you can see that <laughs> these things are actually good to do. Like if you're in a life that you uh, that causes you pain, you should let that life go and and start a new life. Like you should not feel obligated to continue to experience pain. Like that's not good for you or anybody, right? That's the Zen point of view. Like, wake up and it's a new. This is a like you yeah, are. There's the only thing now. is, yeah, I know. But you can destroy your apartment. But you know that old. What is that saying? You know, you can take them out of New York, but you can't take the it, New York this out is of exa you. Yes, exactly. That is what I mean by the near enemy. Destroying your apartment is not letting go of your. No, apartment. it's not. It doesn't. 
and well, no, what it's not letting go of what made the apartment so special yes, to you, like all yes. the IKEA. You can destroy the IKEA, but you can just that, grab that another. Is, that is simply you, know, a you can destroy thing. all the drugs, but you can go out and buy more and and yes. you know shoot it up. Right, and what he does is simply replace what he let go. Like he just replaces it with a new thing, and like violence. So like, Violence. And so like violence is attractive to him and this sort of like hyper masculinity becomes attractive to him because it, uh, it, uh, uh, because it first, as you're saying, puts him in touch with like the pain is, is near enemy is the near enemy here because it makes him think like he's feeling something. Right. And he is feeling pain and that's sort of like putting him in the, the immediate moment. And that's why it feels like the spiritual connection he needs. It's, not what he needs, but it simulates what he needs. Well, and it's like cutting. It's like cutting. Exactly. That's a great example. And so like these things, like they're attractive because they are, they aren't what you need. They're very satisfyingly close to what you need. And that's why they're the near enemy. And so Edward Norton keeps on choosing the near enemy instead of the actual confrontation of self that Zoe who had cancer or not Zoe, rather Chloe, Chloe, the cancer patient, actually had like she represents in the front end of the movie like listen i want to get fucked one more time before i die that's real like and she's saying it out loud and she's yeah, barely sex for him wasn't real it was yeah, through this mythical creature tyler durden right exactly because looking... he can't connect with himself he's not being that's right and but the thing is like the sex was great for her but yeah. he doesn't relate to it we don't take pride in it in a masculine way right Exactly. And you know, he's, well, he's not, uh, he's not saying what he really needs. You know, he is, right. he's, he's taking the, the, the B choice every single time. So, um, some of the other, so they, they start fights with random people on the street. That's the mm -hmm. first thing they do to just start being assholes, right. like really just being assholes, starting fights with priests and stuff yep, like that. Exactly. Right. Um, and then, uh, they also, uh, start to have other schemes that they do, right? Mm -hmm. The first one is they start making soap, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, and they make soap by collecting fat from the liposuction clinics. Yes, So <laughs> exactly. Collecting fat from rich white women who are getting their asses reduced mm -hmm. uh, and then turning that selling into, back to them and making glycerin out of it and then selling it back to them uh, mm -hmm. as soap. But when you, they also, the byproduct of it is that you also can create a bunch of nitroglycerin from that. So um, weirdly enough. That, yeah. <laughs> so they start making that kind of stuff as well. Right. And which point they start to turn much more into a terrorist group. Right. Uh, and, 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 start... like, and it's weird. Cause like at some point you're like, Oh shit, this is what they were doing all along. Like, this is what Tyler was really doing. Like right. he wasn't making soap because he wanted to make soap, which is symbolic of cleaning the soul. He's making right. nitroglycerin that has a byproduct of soap, which is right. totally in the reverse of the meaning what he should be after. Right. Yeah, but and I, I think I they also, were only—they're only—they're only selling the soap to these women for the irony of it. No, that's right? yeah, not I, 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 gag. I, I, I never saw—I never saw the soap as a cleansing thing. Oh no! I, the I'm, only I'm sorry, time like, you see people buy it is—is—it's is, is like a Bergdorf good. Right. Like the, there's a, like a, we get we get. I, yeah, I, I don't think that he thinks of it in a symbolic way. I think that in the in the the meta sense of the movie, the reason it's why an you irony way. It's yeah, exactly. Like it's it's saying like like a Fight Club says it's about cl cleaning your soul, and it is not. Like that's that's what the visual. Uh, like you're saying, Chris, that that is the irony of this setup. And that's what's really great about it. They, like on the surface, it, it, like everybody in the theater was on board with the joke 
of like let's sell rich people their own fat asses back to them like there's barely a person who didn't laugh at that in the theater like right. everyone like everyone's on board with this and so the movie is roped in basically it's a whole audience at that point like saying i'm tyler takes it too far but i'm on board with the fact that these oh. things need to be upset right these things need to be mocked and what is secretly going on is completely different and that's right. what the movie is sort of getting getting there uh, like very in the background uh all, all the entire time it's building this other thing and so like the 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 big transition point that happens here is the other byproduct uh of being a soap soap slash nitroglycerin manufacturer is you have a lot of lie around the house right, right. and this is the this is the flex point of the movie when uh when tyler says okay we have to have a talk uh give me your hand uh and uh and this is this moment when it goes from edward norton gets to complain about whatever he wants to tyler says it basically says it's now time to really confront what you what you believe right and he holds his hand holds his hand down and he says uh and, then, and edward norton's like what's that he picks up this box of lie and uh he goes this is a chemical burn and dumps lie on Edward Norton's hand, and it immediately starts after kissing his hand. Though. After, after kissing licking, his hand. after licking his hand to moisten it, right? Exactly. Yeah, like that's the only way to that's to activate the line. But it is. Oh, I, it, I understand that, but he but does it by symbolically. Yeah, yeah. kissing his hand. Yes, and so he uh, kisses his hand in a very like this is a spiritual like this is like with the washing of the feet in the Bible, right? That's and right, sure. he dumps the, dumps the lie in his hand and it catches, basically just starts immolating his flesh immediately. And right. Brad Pitt holds him to it and says like, you have to confront this in yourself. Like you can't just live in bullshit. You have to confront the fact that you are going to die and all this, you can't just live above your life the whole time. You have to be down in it and feeling it and recognize that this moment is the important thing to share. Right. This is the this is your life right now, and you must be choosing to have this experience at all times. So I'm going to let go of your hand, and if if like if if you believe what I'm saying, you will sit there and feel the pain and experience it. And if you do that, I'll set you free with uh, vinegar, and you'll no longer feel pain. Right. All right. So this is the spiritual transcendence of Edward Norton. And I think what's really interesting here is that Tyler in this moment, even though he's doing something, that's incredibly physically cruel spiritually. He is completely on point. Like this is true. What he is saying is absolutely Zen true, right? What he leads it into is false. Like how he applies it is false because he says the after saying that he's like and so now we know life is meaningless right so we can do whatever we want because life is meaningless and that's the complete opposite of what zen would say like right uh and but it because it happens to edward norton he also starts getting actual control of himself like it does bring him in touch with himself in a real way to consider what he truly believes and he, in the end of the movie, has an entirely different view from Tyler, which is very Zen. So that Tyler does this thing, he is he presents Ed Norton 
with what Ed Norton wasn't, it's not the pain, it's the understanding. And right. he, like, it, Brad Pitt doesn't understand it, but Ed Norton comes to understand it. And that's when the movie Do starts you think diverging. He, at the ending and what he does in the end is, is a way to also to kill off Durden. The way they both yes. had to smell the smoke. Yes. And he has the smoke come out of his mouth, but he can smell it. Durden says, I can smell that smoke. Yes. And it's in a way, it's it like, it. I just want to end this now because I don't want to, uh, you know, rely on you. Or there's a it, like there's this something is, he's killing off and it's not what you think it is. Yeah. I like, just, right. Like he, he needs to free himself of the near enemy. Uh, and yeah, and it's not free himself of voices in my head. No, it's free yourself from. Uh, I, maybe he just wants to stand on his own. I Tyler, don't... yes, exactly, exactly. Tyler Durden is the near enemy. Like in every single way, he is close to realization, but because he is not realization, he's cruel, projecting, violent, and uh, mocking. Like all of these things are not Zen; they're the opposite of Zen, and uh, and those are the things you must rid yourself of in order for real spiritual transcendence. Like this is what you must let go of Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden is a is like is a version of the self that thinks it is solved, but it's actually doing the opposite of what it needs. Hmm. And so that's why he must be destroyed. And so, like, and it's that point in the movie, like, when he gets that burn, uh, and it's the same burn that Tyler has on his hand, like, Tyler's right. been through it himself. Um, and when he gets that burn, like, Ed Norton starts this slow chain of making the right decisions. Like, he has the, he has the correct realization. It just takes time no, or he, to spread through his life. Start, there's a fearlessness about him. Yes. Or there's right. something that he's assuming from him. I just, I always thought it was weird and watching it again, it's like, there's something about the fact that all that great sex between him, uh, Brad Pitt and Helen about car is, just, you know, given the end away is him, hmm. but he doesn't take, he doesn't take that in a sense. Like that was me, you know, in he a way, not, you know? he is not present for the good things. Like Marla actually represents the first time you see this movie, you think I thought like Mar Marla is a is a trash fire man. She's damaged goods. She's bad news. Blah blah blah. Second time I saw it, I was like, oh, she's correct, and she represents good choices. <laughs> like no, like she's, I don't know she's if got it's good choices. She's, she's got her own problems for sure. She's not like a pure character, but like like she represents being in the moment in an immediate sense that that Jack is unf so unfamiliar with that he can't be present when he's actually there with her. But she, she just comes across as fearless, but in the reality, she isn't. Whereas he comes across oh, he's as the one who not fearless. Yeah, and he really does transcend and become fearless in so many ways. Right. So it, but it's that, you know, she at the end, her like mirror image from the beginning to the end, uh, she was not really everything that you thought she was. Right? Yeah, exactly. She was a mirror of him, and then right. all of a sudden, yeah, she's she's, she's like a little girl. Yeah, yeah, she's as messed up as he is for sure. You know, like like in her own way, but she is not nearly the diabolical creature that I thought she was in the first time I saw it. Like because I'm seeing it from his point of view. No, and no, so, it's not. I don't think she's diabolical. She's selfish. 
Yeah, she's selfish. You're taking sure. meals yeah. on wheels from old people. Yeah. She's selfish and self-absorbed. She, exactly. She is exactly like Edward Norton. And she's know, a little girl. A she doesn't right. call back. I don't get it. I like you. And, I, and right. you don't like me. She's, in, like, the same, oh, she's in exactly up. the same emotional spot that Edward Norton is. She's a mirror of Edward Norton. And yes. The, and so like she, she, uh, she, like the difference between him and her in the end is just an example of his growth. Like, and she has, oh, the of course it is an example yeah. of his growth. Yeah. Right. But she's childlike. Oh my God. What happened? Yeah. Like, yeah, Which, but again, in Zen, that's this is great. Like now she has because she there she's there to witness this. She now has the opportunity to, for that same growth. Like this is like like so like it's a like it's not a it's not it's a happy ending. It's totally happy ending. Uh, and it's, well, it's uh, not a real it, ending too because even if he did off himself, I'm not going to question logistics of that. The way the buildings fell, which and all the amount of buildings was almost like a backdrop to a yes. cartoon. Well, absolutely, and was, it's it's entirely meaningless. Yeah, that's the, like, like, this is the greatness of it to me. It's like this is like this is like watching a movie. They, they present it like that, like they're they are standing in front of basically a movie screen watching this stuff happen. Yeah, and uh, and like you're you're aware that like supposedly no one's in the buildings, and no one's getting actually hurt and whatever. But the important thing is is that this that story is meaningless. That is like we were chasing that story, and now we see the end of it, and. That's not which a story line. are you chasing? The like the Tyler Durden's a terrorist and all this kind of crazy shit. Like that's yeah, getting wrapped that's up not... in Tyler Durden's story. Like that is not. Yeah, that is but... not. That is not representative of realization. That is just like it. Sh- it shows like look at how fucking pointless thinking like that was. Like this is just nonsense. You may as well watch this shitty action. And at the end, he owns it because yeah. before it was like Tyler's doing this. He. He and stop. Well, he says he accepts the responsibility for it, right? Yeah, and at the end, it's like, yeah, it's my shit. This is my shit. Like, this is the results of the, my shit. Like, and I guess what I mean is, like, like all of the stuff that he's fight, that Tyler says he's fighting against is equally dumb. Like the way he's fighting against it, the causes he says he espouses, like it's all nonsense. You're just watching buildings explode. It's meaningless. You mean for like Tyler to say for that. Tyler for Tyler to say these things? He's just like a Hollywood hipster. Yeah. He's like this is this is surface bullshit. Oh, it's all surface. Yeah, and so like for Edward Norton, like that they don't even engage in what's. They just are like they're just looking at it like that's really curious. Look at what happened. Like that is a very Zen way to experience that. Like we just go, this doesn't. We don't have to impart any other meaning to it other than it is happening. Like there is no meaning to this because we saw the we saw the setup and we know it's meaningless. It's dumb. You know the important thing is that we are here. I figured my shit out and now there's new opportunities. You know, my life can start now because it's right now. And so like, this is what I said, like this movie is an incredibly Zen movie. Like that's what it's arguing for. And, uh, and people don't see it like this because they keep on receiving it as like some sort of argument about something else, you know, or worse, they think it's like, it's saying, isn't Tyler Durden the best? But, but they just think he's cool. They yeah. just think he's cool. When like Ed Norton thinks he's cool until the end, he's like, you are not fucking cool. You're an idiot. Like you're the things I have to get rid of in my life. And I think that that's a really grown up that the, the movie is basically saying, listen, dudes, like we're all gen X grow the fuck up. Like get some perspective, you know, confront things that need confronting in yourself and connect with yourself, you know, put these two halves of your life together. Uh, instead of like tr- looking to blame it on someone else or mock people that are still struggling. 
you know, like this, like get, get a real point of view and really experience it. Don't settle for the near enemy of Tyler Durden. And I think that that's what's really beautiful about the movie. And of course it's hysterical. And of course we finally like, they're doing all this terrorist bullshit right now. Like they're setting up to this, they start executing it. And Ed Norton's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, and Tyler Durden's like, this is the next natural step in my thought. And so now they have all these followers, which are basically skinheads. And they're just like fucking running it and like running anarchic nonsense violence everywhere. Like it's a big joke and trying to deconstruct the world and say how meaningless everything is. Cause that's what Tyler is projecting. And he envisions a world in which well, the no, world it's is like a Robin, it's a, no, it's so it's a Robin hood thing because it's all the buildings are for credit card companies. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's TRW transactions. Right. So there's people's debt is released. Right. And right. that's the, the thought behind it. Yes. So right. in a way it's like Robin hood. It's, it's, it's a monetary type of equalization. Um, it's anti-corporate. It's yeah, anti-corporate. it's anti-corporate, but yeah, they're basically, it's to relieve the debts of people. Right. And that's basically, uh, that sounds know, like, like that Tyler Durden's argument sounds very like what, he, like he doesn't give a shit about sticking it to companies. He just wants everything to mean nothing. Like that's his, his ultimate goal is to deconstruct the value. Of the oh my world. God. He's a nihilist. He's a, he's a nihilist. <laughs> he's a pure 100% like, and not even actually I'm nihilist gets a bad rap, but like the, 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 the <laughs> nihilist, exactly. He's like, well, the nihilists and big Lebowski, like he needs this to, in order for him to have value. He needs the rest of the world to be meaningless, which is exactly what Edward Norton is doing in the beginning of the movie, only intellectually. Like yeah, he's, but, he's just but, mocking but, everything. Yeah, but if it's mockery or it's why do you get to have it and I don't? Where he steals yes. the car at the airport, right? It's it's not like he just is like why why do you get it and I don't? Right, right. Because like this is the point of view, right? And I see this is extraordinarily common right now, which is like in order for me to feel like I am valid, I must put you underneath me. I must I must destroy the meaning of you and put you underneath me which is a narcissistic point of view. Like, and this is what I see this con this is like half of the YouTube content I see constantly. It's just like video after video after video of talking about how someone else is stupid, you know, and how oh, someone else is an idiot and someone else is a moron. This is most of news also. Right. And it's all somebody else's fault. Nobody is human, but you dear watcher, like you're the real person and everyone else is bad and dumb. Right. And that's a story we love to tell ourselves because it validates us at the expense of literally everybody else. And that's what, that's what Ed Norton is doing in the beginning of the movie. Okay. So judging from Ed Norton circa 98, his character, and you look at the character or the generation today, you know, have we sped up or gone backwards or. I, I think we're, I think we're accelerating it currently. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like this, but I really, I think that no, like, I think, I think there's a lot of egomaniacal shitheads. Yeah. I think that we are, that, that we, I, I very, I like, I, like, I don't, it's not like, I don't have any feelings. Like I worry about younger generations. I worry about all of us. We're all being fucking assholes to each other constantly. I don't worry about Chris. I don't worry about you. You like that, Chris? Just rolls his eyes. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. Now I, I, I think, it does illuminate. I think we're, we're full of uh, Lena, egomaniacal, selfish nitwits. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it's going to lead to anything good. Uh, you know, do you, I'm, do you imagine it could, uh, do, what, what if this, I ended this one. I okay. So like, actually we should probably just sum up the end of the movie. So they're doing all this stuff. 
Edward Norton says, what the fuck are you doing? You monsters. Right. And it culminates in Bob, uh, from remaining men together, meatloaf, Bob gets shot and killed during one of these outings. Right. And they bring his body back. Right. And you notice though, did you guys notice what you got? that the head wound was like Kennedy's? The head wound is like Kennedy's. That's true. You're right. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, and From the back of the head, too. He was running away. Yep. And it was exactly. the same right side flap. Yep. And Kennedy got shot. That's right. I wonder if I wonder if Meatloaf like told him told him to do that. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. But yeah, so like Bob, Bob is shot. They bring him back and they're like, we got to bury We got to hide the body. And everyone's freaking out. Uh, Tyler Durden's nowhere to be seen. You know, and uh, and and Edward Norton's there. Like, what do you expect happened to f- you, fucking idiots? Like, you go off and do this shit, like provoke people, and uh, you like blow shit up. You, of course, are going to get shot by the cops, and then he sees it's Bob, like his one true friend the whole time, right? And the poor person who gave him initial emotional release, the person who cared for him, and he looks at Bob, and he's like, he can't believe it. And they're talking about hiding the body. And he's like, we're not going to just fucking hide well, the body. This is Bob. Look, he went into that group as a liar just so self-servingly he can get some cathartic response so he can sleep. So it's all right. self-serving. And that wall was broken by Bob, who yes. basically picked him out. Yes. So here is somebody who basically kind of walked him through the threshold to the next thing where he actually cried. He opened mm-hmm. up in front of him. And mm-hmm. then that sliver of what he saw, humanity, was killed. Yes. Uh, by the way, did anybody catch that um, Raging Bull thing? No. No. Like, he ain't pretty no more. He ain't pretty no more. That's right. Oh. Yeah, when he beats the shit out of, uh, what's his name, 30 Seconds to Mars there. Yeah, yeah. He ain't pretty right? no more. That's Jared right. Leto. Yeah, he Jared beat the Leto. shit out of Jared Leto, but that's the same thing where they did Jared Leto was unrecognizable in this film because yeah. I know <laughs> what he did to <laughs> him. But, but the thing yeah. is, is that um, he beats him up so badly. He ain't pretty no more. Just like yeah. in the, the in Raging Bull, the comment. Yeah, that's right. And it was no and it was totally the same comment. I was like, oh, so that's great. There. That's really great. Yeah. So you know, that's that's how to not do a Scorsese movie. <laughs> that's homage. That's homage. But it's like that's that's the thing. It's like I think you're dead on. Like Bob rep- represents the humanity that Norton wants to be in touch with. That's the that's the heart self that he wants to connect with. And now and think been... about think how unreachable it is, though, because in order to say I want to be like that person, mm-hmm. he's really fat and he has huge cans. Mm-hmm. So it's just like wow, that's not even like you know what I mean. It makes it so hard. I think it, I I think it's more specific than that. I think it's definitely maternal in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, right? There's because, a maternal aspect to Venus yeah. of Villendorf kind of vibe. He looks like Venus of Villendorf. But here's here's a guy who's so into IKEA and the look and everything, and he's so smart and the uh, right. And here he's a sympathetic character who lets him open up but it's a guy that man would you have dinner with him in public is a right. kind of exactly what's going like, through his head yeah like you 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 uh you like edward norton is the sort of like uh snarky intellectual effete jerk off and he would That's never right. have fucking uh create like he didn't uh credence bob in the beginning when he met him he made fun of him uh, in the narration yeah. immediately yeah right. but and but, this but is the dude that, also, that represents the humanity we, of it 
what I think was also interesting is when they started when the two of them, this is earlier in the story, when the two of them started talking about their father, which was interesting yes. because they're saying they're sharing sharing different parts of of, of the same person story, right? right. right? Talking about their father, and then what he says, you know, uh, I didn't know my father. My fa basically, their father never really paid enough attention to them, yes. right? right? And they blame the way that they are because of the way their fathers are, right? Mm -hmm. And they said we're a generation of men that men have been raised, raised by, by, women. by women, right? Which, in itself, that, was, is, that stuck out with me too. Yeah. Right. Which is in itself is like a kind of a strange statement because here they are trying to be hyper masculine and they're blaming yes. it on their mothers, right? Yes, exactly. But Bob <laughs> is, 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 a, is it right, right. exactly. And Bob, the, Bob is the mother is of the, the mother. mother. Is a mother. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He is simple love. This guy is simple love. That's what he that's what he is. You know, he is like caring and understanding. And he he is providing this thing. And, that, and the other thing I think is symbolic about it is that he dwarfs edward like yes. gargantuan, is teeny. Yes. gargantuan yes. right huge right. person so that when he hugs edward norton it is truly like a large mother hugging her child hugging a child like this right? is like this is what large edward norton is missing in his life like like simple honest caring about himself like, so that's like this is the like that's he needs to care for himself in this way and he doesn't. I think that's the thing that happens specifically when when Bob first hugs him is like mm -hmm. it's it's about oh god and then all of a sudden it's like oh shit I miss my mom <laughs> right and then like it immediately cuts to him like sleeping on his side like like literally like a and he says baby never sleep this good right yes, exactly and so he just got like you know breastfed by bob and yes. then he went to sleep <laughs> yes exactly like this is the true need that he has and it's not like and that's not even saying of anything about his relationship to women that's just saying about right. like the the need of his heart is to is to love himself like right and he, and you he never know this. about his relationship to women there is nothing about that yeah. His relationship with absence is conspicuous. The, 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 clearly, he has no relationship with women because of the Helen Bond. He, he yes. doesn't see her sexually. He loathes her. He yes, he resents her. He resents, he resents her, her for right. being a woman too. Yes, because and entering the life, she treats that he treats, aspect of him. Yeah, like, and he treats her like Yoko Ono with the, yes. with the three of them. Right. Yes, exactly. And so, like. As things go, like uh, I like the way you just threw Yoko on onto the yes, bus, right. Chris. Yeah, <laughs> and, Hold on one uh, second. Give me one second. Piano with the chainsaw. <laughs> but yeah, like I think this is the. So, uh, while Eric's away, I just want to generalize and say, like, this movie falls into my most frustrating camp of films, which is that it is loved by people who don't think about it very deeply and hated by people that would love it. Like if they thought about it, they would love it, but they right. are so angry at the people that love it. They hate it. And I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> like, like, listen to what the movie is trying to tell you. Like, it's not like, I know a bunch of well, fucking that's the problem idiots with movies like that it. makes social commentary, right? Mm -hmm. If people don't get it, they don't get it. Right. Yeah, and and they decide the on the story that it is instead of actually experiencing right. it. Yeah, it's also I, I had similar problems with like the, the with uh, uh, you know uh, Chris um, Chris Nichols uh, Norton films uh, not, Nolan Christopher Nolan Nolan films right, right? and it's, it's because those movies make people who are not necessarily very smart think they're smart 
right? right. It, like it, it, like it's un, like the thing is, this is what Good it comes point. down to. It's like I understand people. Like there's like they they're called the film bros, right? Like you know, like there's. There is a kind of personality. It's just like, I've watched Goodfellas six times. It's so fucking great when Joe Pesci shoots that dude. You right. know, like, I get it. I get it. I know it's annoying to. That was a good impression of Chris. I did my best. I've been practicing. But, like, <laughs> the, that, the, like, I understand that this kind of, like, that kind of stuff can be a little trying, you know? Uh, like, a, a lot of, I deal with this primarily when I talk about Tarantino because I want to talk about Tarantino's work. Uh, as, I have, I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a point. I, I, yeah, like, I'm going to tell you, I'll you, tell you a specific story. Let me tell you a specific story because yeah. you can, it'll tie into what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I was taking film history class at Rice because I was, I was, fa- I started to get fascinated with film when I was at that time and, and it was great. And we had to watch a whole bunch of films as you have to do in your, in your first film history class. And we watched uh, Singing in the Rain, which mm-hmm. was a great movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I love watching Singing in the Rain. And then one of the best. Right? It was great. And so this one guy comes up in the class and we're having a discussion about it. And he goes, I don't fucking get it. Those movies are stupid. Why the hell did they start singing in the middle of it and stuff? And I was like, it's great. It's amazing. And didn't you, did you miss all of the points that they're trying to right. make? And he really got upset. It's like, it's like, it's not. It's like, I, I think movies are better than that now. And I was like, oh, you're the kind of guy that just likes Pulp Fiction for the violence and not for what it's actually <laughs> yeah, exactly. trying to tell you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is, you're exactly right. Like this is, this is a giant frustration for me because like, like, Hey man, enjoy, like enjoy movies. However, if you like Pulp Fiction for the violence and enjoy Pulp Fiction for the violence, that's fine. It's there. You can enjoy it. It's totally fine. Right. I, I don't need other people to read it deeply. Right. However, right. what I don't like is when people, uh, uh, look at a group of people, whether it's the people that whatever, like you just like these dumbass musicals because blah, 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 blah. Like, like, like this dude is looking at you and just drawing a giant circle around you and saying like, I bet this dude, I, I bet, I, I bet I hate this guy in every single way and we have nothing to talk about. And so I'm just going to ignore what he's saying and I'm just going to write you off because you said you like a musical like that, that really irritates me. Just like when people, when I say like, Oh, I, you know, like I really love, uh, whatever, Inglorious Bastards, and people are like, oh, you're one of those people that likes Tarantino. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, you haven't heard anything I have to say. It might be dumb. Do you ever get? Know. Oh, you're one of those people that likes Titanic. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, like this is like now the thing is like it's a, not like, from me. I never like I have no problem with people not liking Titanic. I'm never. Gonna say I, it. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Fine. You know, someone came up to me and said the greatest comedy of all time is coming to America, and I was like, hmm, I think I have a judgment of you right now. Yeah, like it's, it, can, it can like, hey, man, I'm not immune to this stuff. I obviously do it myself. But like the thing is, like you can sort of comically judge that, you know, but it, I've never I would never know you to be a person who's just like, oh, you like this movie. So I'm going to write off the rest of your opinions about literally. Everything. Oh, no, no, no. Right. No. That's not that doesn't happen. But it's incredibly common. You know, it's incredibly common to see on like you spend any time on full Twitter. Like that's basically what it is all the time. Not on our discord, though. Our Discord's the opposite. And I just want to say, check out our Discord because it's actually great dialogue about film. Yeah, um, really good dialogue about films. But yeah, the Fight Club is this kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, I understand a bunch of fucking, you know, chuckleheads like this movie. Um, but if you are saying that that's what it means when you may not have even seen the film, then you're not doing yourself a, a decent service. I think like you should, every, you should, look at movies and just see what you feel about movies and see what the movies make you feel like, let it happen instead of like having this uh, elaborate like prejudgment. What, like, like what Bob gave Jack. 
Yes. Let it exactly. Happen. Hold on. Let it okay, we're gonna take we're gonna take a quick break because I gotta I have to use the restroom. But uh, <laughs> uh, when we get back, uh, we will be uh, we will we left off where where Bob is being buried, uh, and we'll have uh, the big uh, crying game moment where we find out what's actually happening. That's right. Uh, and then uh, we will uh, uh, we'll, we'll get back to it. So we're gonna take a two minute break, guys. Uh, please stay on. Those of you who are subscribers. Uh, will not get an ad or should not get an ad so you can hear Eric and Dan uh, continuing to talk about uh, the Poseidon adventure. Nice. Um, and then uh, when, uh, but uh, otherwise, if you are not a subscriber, you will get uh, two minutes of ads, but we'll be back in two minutes. So I'm going to let that run. Hopefully it'll start. Nice, nice, nice. The Poseidon adventure. <laughs> is okay, this, is that Gene Hackman's worst performance? I'm going to say maybe. Like, I, I, I think that I think there's there's movies made for the money, and then there's Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like that is really something. I don't know. He's like Gene Ackman. I love him, and he's in literally two of my favorite films of all time. So like he's incredible. But man, he he wasn't like Michael Caine. He didn't put his back into it uh, when he got the paycheck. He'd be like, "This movie is stupid. I'll take the money," and then he acted like it. Whereas you see Michael Caine in The Swarm, which is an even worse movie, and he's still fucking giving you gold all the time. <laughs> you paid for it. Here it is. That's the Michael Caine story. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm willing to watch. I think we should do a, watch a party on that if we can possibly do it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Actually, uh, Dave 3D Guy worked on the remake of Poseidon Adventure. That one with uh, Kurt Russell that I don't know if people yeah. I knew the guy that produced it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Good times. Made money. You made money doing that. That's good business. I like I like movies like that. That was actually relatively fun. I had a got a decent time with that movie. I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it's uh it's like that first one was like part of the that's part of the studio experience that produced things like uh, Meteor. You know, where it's just like oh, yeah. fucking jam pack the cast and then we'll write the script on the day. Who knows? Wasn't there a couple disaster LA movies like that? Yeah, there's Earthquake, like, right? There's, no, uh, no, there was one in like the late '90s or 2000s. It was that they came out at the same time. Oh, Volcano, right? And yes, yeah. Volcano and uh, and and uh, uh, Volcano and Dante's, uh, Dante's Peak. Peak. That's yeah. it. And I mistakenly did... thought Volcano was going to be the good one, and it turned out to be the other way around. Uh, really? And, uh, yeah. Uh, the other one was uh, uh, Deep Impact and. Oh, and Armageddon, and Armageddon. That's yeah, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, like that. Like, and the only thing is, like, I would never say that uh, Dante's Peak or Deep, Deep Impact are uh, are uh, masterpieces, but like, I think that in both cases they were the unsung heroes. <laughs> like, Dante's Peak is a very silly movie, but it's a really enjoyable silly movie. Uh, volcano vol- come on when he's walking in the subway with oh the- my god <laughs> that is yeah when when uh, norm from fargo jumps off the end of the train mm-hmm. and then oh. and, and then it gets matt wiped into oblivion <laughs> <laughs> matt wiped into oblivion. that's funny yeah that's not that's not exactly that's not Tommy Lee jones's finest hour either what are you gonna do it's money all right Okay, where were we? Are we back? Uh, we're back. We're back. We're back. So now we're talking about Bob. So Bob is killed. Bob, Bob is killed. killed. And then the most one well, this this scene is is so important in the film because it's the moment when Edward Norton realizes what's at stake and it's already lost, right? Simultaneously, and uh, 
and he realizes how fucking crazy everything is about to get because uh, he's like, this is a person. His name was Bob. His name is Robert Paulson. And immediately the fight club crew turns this into a story that is symbolic to them, even though it is total bullshit. And they're like, I understand, says Holt McElhaney. In death, we have a name. His name yeah, so was Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson. And then they all start chanting, his name his was, Robert, name was Paulson. Robert Paulson. Oh, my God. And his name is Robert it just Paulson. Feels, it just feels uh, Scientology-ish. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. And it's like it's such a great example of taking someone else's story and reprojecting it for your own purposes. Uh-huh. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just fucking instantaneous. And I can't tell you how many times, especially recently from watching the news and watching whatever group of people saying whatever silly thing, I'm like, his name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> Here we are again. His name is Robert Paulson. Ugh. Like It's just, it's fucking mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing. And that's when Edward Norton's like, I got to stop this. This is out of control. Right. And so what happens after that? <laughs> well, <laughs> like first he's like, like, he doesn't like, this is the lowest point of the movie for him. And he's like, Oh shit. You know, like my friend Bob died. These people are crazy. I don't even know what to do. And then someone lets it slip. He's like, I got to find Tyler. Right. And I'm going to find, I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to discover where Tyler is gone. We have to get this under control. And so he discovers that Tyler's been flying all over the fucking United States. Like, and starting fight clubs like everywhere like they already knew that it was spreading but like tyler has intentionally been going around the united states and spreading the gospel of fight club right. and everywhere he goes there's guys and bars and cops and everyone who's just like i don't know Give anything about wink. yeah just like i don't know about any tyler durden sir you know right. and i was like oh shit how far has this gone and then finally he ends up at this bar uh, where this dude in fucking like he's obviously had his neck broken at Fight Club and he's recovering, right? And right. Uh, and and he's like, uh, tell me where Tyler is, you know, or like tell tell me what's going on. And the guy's like, is this a test? Uh, and he's like, yeah, tell like wh- what's happening here. He's like, you know, I don't know, Mister Durden. And and Edward Norton's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, who do you right. think I am? And he's like, you're Tyler Durden. <laughs> And then Eric Norton runs back to his hotel room and he's like really freaked out. He gets on the phone with Marla and it's like, Marla, have we ever had sex? And she's like, are you asking if we're making love or having sex? And he's like, just answer the fucking question. And she says, why are you acting so crazy, Tyler? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then suddenly Brad Pitt just magically appears in his room and, and says, get off the phone. Like, stop talking to her. I told you not to tell her about me. And he's like, what is happening? And he's like, I think you know. And the reason why you know all this shit is because you are. Yes, I am. You You are Tyler Durden. Right. I am a figment of your imagination. Right. So is Tyler Durden his alter ego or is Tyler Durden, his imaginary friend? I think, well, yes, I think it is. It is. It is uh, Tyler Durden. I'm like, Brad Pitt says it. He's like, I am you without all of the things that hold you back. 
Right. You know? I'm the and unrestricted you. I am the unrestrained version of you. Which I'm is the you without the IKEA furniture. Yes, which is again slightly true, but not actually true. Like it has the it has the guise of truth, but not actual truth. Uh, and Tyler's argument at this point is essentially you have to stop being you and allow you to be me so I can be me all the time. And that is 100% the wrong thing to do. Ed Norton realizes this and enacts the last act, which is... And that's why I, he tries to kill... He kills him. This is why he, like, he goes off on this thing to try to save Marla and stop what Tyler has done, which is he finds out that he's going to blow up these credit card company buildings, you know, and clear the debt record and everyone starts from zero. And Tyler had this whole fantasy about then we're all going to be living like monkeys and it's going to be great because that's what we deserve. And, uh, and so Ed Martin tries to stop this. And in fact, everyone he runs into, like the cops that he goes to tell about it, like they're like all in on it. Like everybody's in on it now. All the, every duty meets is part of fight club. Uh, and eventually he ends up being carried away uh, to the top of a building or a high level in the building to see the proceedings happen. Uh, and he is, uh, he is held prisoner by Tyler Durden and Tyler is, you know, standing around while uh, it has a gun on, on Jack saying, we're just going to ride this out and then the world will be saved. Right. You notice and, that he shot himself through the cheek that yeah. it went through Durden's head. Yeah, it blows out the back of Durden's head. Like he, like he, it is a, like it is a, you know, like when he, he's just he finally figures out, like, well, the only way to stop this, the only way to stop Tyler is to kill Tyler, and the only way to kill Tyler is to shoot myself, right? Yeah. And so the when he does it, like he lives through it, um, but the shocking pain of the event, the birth pain of the event, leaves Tyler behind. No, Tyler died because it went through the back of his head. You can see his well, head. Well, symbolically, that's what happens, yes. Like, yeah. like Tyler has his brains blown out because yeah. Ed Norton blows away that half of himself. You know? And so the, uh, like, Ed Norton is not, is not destroying the entirety of himself. He's just destroying this one part of himself. As he realizes that Tyler's argument is a dead end. Yes. Yeah. Dave said you, you skipped the part where uh, Pitt and Norton tried to defuse the bomb. Oh, yes, that's right. A great scene when uh, uh, Norton tries to go and defuse the bomb. And, uh, and, he's, and he says this great line, like, if you know it, I know it. You know, and like he is, he's like, I have more power over you than you have over me because I know things you know, so I know how to stop this. And so it's, and like the fight between them is just comedy gold. <laughs> like it's a great fight. And you occasionally get these shots of like Edward Norton fighting by himself uh, with himself. And it's unbelievably fucking funny. Right. But he, he does. But you realize after after that reveal, you realize that he has been fighting himself the whole time. The whole you time. Get, you get a glimpse of this when he is having the argument with his boss, who's with trying boss. to fire him. Right when he comes, he's trying boss. to fire him, and yeah. he he basically says the boss calls security to try to get him kicked out of the building, and then uh, uh, Jack ends up fighting himself which we realize he does. And he goes, I channeled my inner Tyler 
but do it. He somehow actually says I rem- he, he says, I re- for some reason, I thought of my first fight with Tyler. <laughs> first fight with Tyler, where he hits himself, right? Yes. And he basically beats the shit out of himself. And so by the time the security guards get there, he's completely beat up and he's on the ground begging for mercy from his boss. So it looks right. like his boss beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And he gets everything he wants. Yes, he gets payment for the rest of his life. Right. <laughs> exactly. And like the the genius of this is like it it, inten- it intentionally flashes back and shows you all these how how things actually worked out differently. And it mm-hmm. tells you the movie is telling you there is no way for this movie to make sense physically. Like everything you've seen is a put on, and so you cannot get like some grounding by which you can say, oh well, Tyler was here to do like. None of that works. I have been narrating to you the entire time, and I am an unreliable narrator. Like, so here's another thing that I think is important for this movie because this was a popular back in during this time. This big reveal of ah, oh, it's been you know, like the Sixth Sense is a great example. Mm-hmm. He's dead the whole time, right? right? But in this one, there is a much bigger meaning compared to Sixth Sense. Where yes. if you figure it out in Sixth Sense that he's dead the whole time, the, the movie is kind of boring. <laughs> it's it's over. You can't. That's not. That's a good movie. One time watch. It's a really good movie. Which right? But I figured it out. Begin. I figured it out oh, at the beginning. I figured it. I figured it out when he you sat down at the table. Right. I, 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 I'm one of the ones who did not figure it out. I was still confused as it was being revealed. No, I, like, I figured out when he put his hand by the glass of water at the table. I said, "Oh, it's a ghost." Yeah. And and that's right. a great gag. It's a great. I mean, it's a great movie. I think it's but, great. But, it's just but the one again, But that is, you know. And then you know uh, the crying game. There were all there were a lot of big reveal films like oh this right. has been happening the whole time right. right this this is a popular thing to happen around these, right. this time, and 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 Fight Club is a classic example of that. But I, what I like about Fight Club is that the big reveal is a good thing because it makes you realize all the shit that happened before. But then all the shit that happened before has a completely twisted meaning. It's a whole different movie. It tells you a completely different film and it's a great, great way to do it because Tyler Durden is not just my asshole friend to let me down the road. It's it's yourself and it's your ego. It It is is you. you. And then you realize that you are the person who has been making these terrible choices yes. in your life you are your own problem you must fix yourself and what you thought was your freedom ends up being your jail yes you like this is your your life is your responsibility and you've been right. pretending like you've been outside of it and you have no control over it like this is uh, the unification of self is the symbol of the film like that is what everything points to in the movie and when you come to this twist it's a twi- it's like the byproduct is that it's a twist, but like what it is, is a realization that makes you reconsider everything that's been said. Like that's the point of it. It's not there to be novel. It is novel. It's interesting. It's, it's a good gag, but six Sense, as you're saying, saying like it's novel and it's a great gag. And then the movie ends and ta-da, there it is. Good magic trick. Whereas this is like the movie, the movie you've been watching is not the movie you've been watching. And I need right. to see this again. Now, I need yeah. you to consider this again so you understand. But the thing about the sixth sense, the sixth sense is like, now you got to see it again and see all the little things you missed. But no all the little things you missed are like <laughs> It's not bad. Pointless. It's okay. Yeah, it's a fine it's all, I'm, I'm sorry. But, the, but all it doesn't change my point of, of view. It's, it's just, right. But in this one, it's like the, 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 it's the, the figure, like it's, it's just 
oh my God, think about the fact that he's been doing this the whole time. And yeah. what does that mean with his real relationship with the women? What does that mean about this? Why does he have, you know, why does he resent her and have sex with her at the same time? Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, so, and, and the very fact that like he is not present for the things he says he needs, like right. he, he's doing these things, like he's, he's like, he's physically he's, making these connections and then he's, he's not having the greatest there. sex of his life and he doesn't know it. He's not present for it. Yeah. Like this is like, this is, this is like, that's, this is the, this is why the movie is one of the greats is because it, it forces you into a position to rethink what you believe uh, about yourself vis-a-vis the movie. Like it says, this is the only way to, 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 to make your life right is to actually consider your actions seriously. And to connect yourself with your internal, your external self with your internal self and become a whole person. And you can see it in action because you have the simulation of it, of the realization of what happened in the movie. You get to rescan the entire movie in the way that you should reflect upon your own life. Like it's brilliant. It's a completely brilliant thing to do. And very, very Zen. Like it's an utterly Zen uh, movie. uh, Once you look at it that way. And uh, it's not a pro fight movie. It's it's an anti fight movie, and it's an anti spiritual fight movie. Okay, I want to get uh, okay. Just let's a, get I into have, that for. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, well, one of the things I, I realized that I'm watching the Joanne Woodward, Paul Newman, mm. uh, Ethan Hawke uh, documentary, and I'm realizing like, man, like Tennessee Williams, all these great playwrights and authors are basically penning all the the material for these great actors of the fifties. And then mm-hmm. and this movie has such range and it was from a, a book. Yes. You know I mean, it's right. like, maybe that's what's missing too. It's just real writers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so. I think that's true. I think, certain- I think, I think the problem with this, the, the, the ending is that the, 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 and I, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's the, it's actually what's being called out in the movie itself is the, the attraction of the violence is yes, what got everyone to do this. Right. Yeah, and right. the problem is that a lot of people say, you know, it's attractive violence. That's yeah. what they got out of it. And it's really, how do you, how do you finish that thought and say, no, stop, wake up? Because they even say that in the movie, like, stop, wake up. If this mm-hmm. is bad. I have to literally kill the inner demon inside yes. of me right. to make this happen. Right. I, I don't know how you make that point. Like, well, this is, how, do, how do you there's do a, There's a classic bit where I think Truffaut said this. It's like, there's no way to make a, an anti-war war film. And I disagree with him on this. Like, I think that you like the best, the best anti-war films are war films. And, uh, but the thing is that it, in order for you can't simply have to bring it to Zen, like you can't simply have a Zen realization. You can't just be like, got it. Like it's something that you actually have to feel your way through and you have to come from experience on it. Otherwise it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing you can't just immediately be, you know, suddenly in tune with the universe. Like you're going to be trying to get there because you're experiencing life. And so the violence of the movie like you have to go through being a moron in order to come out the other end. Like, of course, the violence is attractive. It's attractive to everybody symbolically. That's why movies you know, yeah. movies work. 
you know what we should have paired with this? Because I know, okay, by the way, we did pair this with anything because we thought we would go way too long to do this. And I, this is still the fact. But you know what it could have been a very interesting pairing with this mm-hmm. is the QAnon documentary. Oh, yeah, exactly. Bingo. No kidding. No right? Kidding. Right. Because like, like QAnon is, is Tyler Durden. That's 100% Tyler Durden. Yeah. Like the, the, these, like these people are the reason why, like there are plenty of like, I knew it's, it's easy to sort of like draw a big circle around QAnon people and say they're morons. Like they're mm-hmm. certainly acting, they're certainly acting moronically. I agree. The, 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 well, hold on a second. The, the P, Tyler Durden's followers were not morons. They're yeah. just misled. Right. They're misled. And, and look at, it's and amazing it's what you will believe when you need to believe it. Yeah, but when so you, are those those people you're talking about. That's what I'm saying. Exactly like, right. Like Q, QAnon people, like in the documentary, you see people that are like, per, like perfectly literate, not, you know, they're not dumbasses, but they believe this because they desperately need to believe it. Like this is like flat earthers. You know, you're just like what? There's something in this that they haven't wrestled with yet that. This yeah, scratches I, the itch. I think they touched on it in this movie. It's like not mm-hmm. everyone is going to become a millionaire. Right. And if everyone's raised to think that they will be, and then 80% of them don't achieve what they thought for they 30 years they would achieve. living in pain. They're living in pain. Right. And then they start either buying a lot of Ikea right. shit or yeah, they or, start joining yeah. these goofy movements yeah. or the guy with orange hair. Right. Because like the, the doesn't mean they're horrible people. It's like no. they're misguided. Yes. And because the They've thing is like culturally the, thrown under the bus. Right. Because the thing is like the, like when you talk about like, Oh, you'll be a millionaire. Like the implication of being a millionaire is that then you'll be happy. Right. Like you want to be a millionaire because then all your problems will be solved. And we know for a fact that that is not true. Like we see it all the time. It just takes the edge off. Let's, like, let's admit that. That like, was the having, biggest, has, having so money that was, is fantastic. I'm sure, but it doesn't take your problems away. <laughs> like you might be able to have no. a nicer couch, <laughs> but like the, but that is the, like the fact is, is that when you think that the solution to more spiritual money, happy, problems, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Dude. <laughs> like when you, when you think that the solution to uh, spiritual completeness is outside of yourself, you're going to forever be chasing it and forever be disappointed. Like you'll be living in pain because you believe the answer is not within you. And so you can't look, so you don't look within you. And the only place you're ever going to find it is, is inside and that's it, you know? And the, and so when you, when you, when you have this sort of transformation that fight club is advocating is that, um, the violence is part of like, like, of course it's attractive. Violence is, uh, attractive in the moment when you feel angry, but it's also symbolically attractive to everyone. You know, this is why we love John Wick, why I love John Wick. It's not because I actually think people are being killed. It's that it's implying there's a just universe where bad people get their comeuppance. And the pop of a gun is exciting in the way of the endorphins that come when you see someone who deserves it get screwed. Right. And the, the basic problem with that line of thinking is that other people's suffering is never going to end your suffering. Like it never will. Vengeance can never solve itself. Like you will never achieve spiritual truth from other people suffering. And what this movie does, like Tyler Durden's big mistake is he identifies what the issue is. Like we are disassociated from ourselves. 
But then his solution is to project the problem onto literally everyone else and say like, well, then in order to fix this, we need to create a cult that changes how everyone else acts. Well, no, you have to change yourself. Like when you create a, when your vision of life is like, oh, well, I'm in pain. So the solution to that pain is to force everyone around me to act safely. Then you're going to fucking Isn't that what just, we just went through with the masks? This is, yeah, this is chasing that for the rest of your life. Now, when you do not point, you say the problem is everyone else. You will never solve the problem because you do not have control over anyone else ever. The thing that Tyler Durden, uh, Bur- removes the burden from Edward Norton is empathy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so by saying he has no empathy, <laughs> right? Yes. Imagine what it would be, how great it would be to not care about people because then you yeah. can just fix the fucking world the way you want it to be. And you don't have to worry about feeling bad. Right. Yeah. Right. You can just beat everybody else into submission. You can put everyone else beneath you and then you're the superstar. Then finally you're the star you always wanted to be. Right in your mother's eyes. Right. right. And yeah, none of that's going to work. When, 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 when Hillary called everyone the deplorables, that uh, was the biggest fucking mistake she ever made. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's very, very I mean, like, I don't No empathy, it. no empathy. And she immediately became the asshole. Yeah, exactly. Now. Great. Now, now, now they're going to use that line forever uh, to say, these people do not even want to re- remotely understand us. And then you yeah, will never you have, have any, anything to say to them. And they've, they've, they should, they have shut you out 100%. And like, it's a, like, I mean, I don't know Hillary Clinton, so I can't say anything about her, but like, that's the kind of uh, thing you say when you are disassociated. Like, yeah, yeah. that's hmm. what happens. This is uh, Trump says that shit all the time. Like he acts as if like, there's the real people that exist, which are people that say he's the greatest. And then there's everybody else who are not humans. Right. No, no. Of course he does that all the time. I'm not, I'm not necessarily uh, saying that, but, but it fueled the fire for, yeah, 100%. for, for that. For like that this, it's for, the, that's the, the kind Trump's of idiocy course. when you, when you create a bubble for yourself in which you are the good guy and right. all your pain is everybody else's, everyone else is doing, then you're right. really going to live a life of suffering. You're choosing because to suffer. I, it's, yeah. it's just like Tyler Durden is like, I'm going to sell these fuckers, their asses back in soap, right. you know, like, like suddenly like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, yeah. It's like, it's just get them. Let's get yeah. them. Let's get them. Let's get them. Let's, Let's show get them. them. Let's yeah. show them what? Like they're suffering the same way you're suffering. They both, they, you both want the same thing, which is you want, you want to be spiritually centered. <laughs> like yeah. that's a, everyone wants this. Everyone needs this. And the, the more we try to project that onto other people, the more suffering we have in our lives. Like this is the, like, this is the, and thanks very much literally everybody for putting up with me talking about this. That's like, this is very important to me. And fight club is part of how I processed similar kinds of stresses in my life. Like it gave me a framework and a, and a set of tools to use to do that, which was really handy. And so like not everyone who watches fight club is going to have some fucking religious transcendence. But I, I think that like, this is an opportunity. This movie presents an opportunity to really uh, think. And it's, uh, and it's, you know, I want to, that's what I want to try to say. So please stop color, you know, like coloring this movie in a, in a, in the view you want to see it in. Like let the movie talk to you and see if it reveals something to you. I think that's a much more healthy way to look at it.
Yeah. Well, you know, that's actually one of the big reasons why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place. And literally from before I even wanted to start this podcast is because there is so much stuff that I have discussed with both of you guys over the years about films that are like, it is so revealing to find out these, these things uh, that the, these stories are telling you that people just dismiss. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it's an amazing process to go, Oh my God, this is what's important in this movie in my life. Yeah. Right. right. And so life being explained through stories and cinema in, in my case, I mean, you can do it through books and other things as well. Mm-hmm. But through narrative, in, in, through narrative, right, and and uh, the execution and the direction and the acting and all of that is an important part of it. But being able to tell a story that affects your life and your decisions you make in your life, and you realize, oh shit, I need empathy. This is a film that basically shows to me that if I don't have empathy. I can become a terrorist. Yeah, right? you, exactly. Like, right, 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 right. So, exactly. so this is this is a thing, and they are terrorists. There are people literally out there with fucking assault rifles killing other people yep. because they're being told to do so yep. by people in the media. Yeah, fucking Tucker Carlson. Yeah, anyway, exactly. The exactly. the so so this is the problem that I have with that. It's like learn from this process, from these narratives, to give you this information and make this happen. And that's what makes it special to me. And that's what makes movies special to me because I think that when I come out of it with an emotional, life changing experience, mm-hmm. they're like, oh my god, you know. What a great thing for this to happen. And I think the problem I have with the way that some people are, are see movies is they see it for the violence. They don't get the point, right? Yeah, or, right. right? And so I'm hoping that we can actually get them to get the point. Yeah, right? like and enjoy the I'm not saying don't enjoy violence. Violence is violence, super fun. Vi- it's great. Violence is fun. In movies, but, it's but great. Like, <laughs> but there's a point to it, right? right? And there was a point to fucking Pulp Fiction right. Right. that was bigger than that. There's a point yes. to this movie that's more than the yes. fight clubbing, right? And 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 that's a big point. But the other thing that I think is super important to me is that now what people consider to make a big movie, a great movie, is like, did you see that thing on the back shelf that was a reference to the other movie? Oh, my God. That's yeah, an Easter yeah, egg? I know, I know. Stop with the Easter egg reference to the other fucking <laughs> right. movies. Right. That's not what makes a great movie. Right. It's so fucking boring. <laughs> it's like what we always say with. Uh, like in I'm Star sorry, Wars. guys. The no, middle it, rant. I'll, no, it's I'll good. turn that into. A, I'll turn that into a TikTok. It'll be yeah. thirty seconds. Like the this is the thing is like that the like movies like <laughs> art encodes. Uh, uh, the usefulness of art is that it gives you tools to examine yourself. That's what I believe art's about. Like that's the experience of art, and uh, and uh, it is totally fine to watch whatever, like fucking Inglorious Bastards, for, or like for just like oh, it's awesome they shoot Hitler in the face. Like no harm, no foul, man. That's super fun. It's super fun. It's all symbolic. None of it's real. You sounded like. No ho Hank just there. Yeah, it's all great, man. It's all super fun. It's all super fun. fun, right? Super fun, right? I wish I could do his accent. You know, I, my my neighbors across here, they know him. No know shit. Him. Oh yes. God. Fucking No Ho Hank, man. Heroic. Yeah, I, I would love to meet No Ho Hank. He's like yeah, one of my heroic, favorite heroic. characters. But like <laughs> wow. 
Okay. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I love no. It's so <laughs> good. It's so good. But that's the yeah, thing. It's just like when, oh, when we found out. Sorry, when we found out that what uh, Karen <laughs> Karen found out that they know him because they're connected in some ways. But they found out they know him, and there was a video they had with them at having dinner together or something like that. And he, this was before Barry was very big. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it. I was he was still my favorite character, and says, oh, "Don't tell Chris; he's gonna go crazy when he finds out that you guys know him." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh my god, yeah. he's the greatest. I don't know what that. I've, I've never seen that actor in anything else, so I don't even know anything about him. But like, he's, he he's very cool. He's very cool. He be, he became cool with uh, friends with him. Their their kid has alopecia, huh? and so does Noho Hank, as you mm-hmm. as you are aware. So he's sort of like really sort of bonds with their kid and sort of uh, that which is great you know so uh so it's it's, yeah it's beautiful he's a super apparently he's a super sweet person oh i believe it 100 i think that like accent that accent is (laughs) just so brilliant like the thing is like barry is another great one to look at for the same reasons because like yes barry barry is about my favorite kind of transcendence like it's about. I want to. I want to. I want credit because I told you guys about Barry years I, ago. I, I totally credit you, one hundred percent. And I don't right. give you credit. <laughs> but it's a brilliant show, thing? right? I mean, it's but, like and it's, it's like amazing. and now you can really see, like in the last last season, like this is about empathy and understanding. Uh-huh. Like that's what the show is about, and like it has so much fun along the way with you know killing. I love you, Mister Kusano. Mister Kusano. Do you yes, love exactly. me, Mister Kusano? It's incredible. It's incredible. Yes, but the thing I is, like, this how many times have you watched the whole series, Eric? I just finished my uh, twice doing the whole season, and then I'll probably go back again next week. Uh, no, I'm going to rewatch. Anne hasn't seen it, so I'm going to rewatch it with her. It's like the greatest. And like the this is the thing is that like the the movie the Barry is like raw entertainment the whole time, incredibly funny, beautifully done. But as it goes, you start getting the hang of what it's saying, and things become quite meaningful. Like by this new season, I was like. It's still extremely funny, uh, but like I'm taking this very seriously. <laughs> like I really, yeah, I know. like I really care about. What's it all started. That, 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 I mean, it was all amazing, and then that that flip of that switch with the with the judo guy, unbelievable. Oh, that was, uh, Ronnie that, and yep. Lily. Yeah, the, the episode. The, that episode was like. What the it's incredible. Fuck that the I best was when he's One chasing Henry greatest. Winkler, and then Henry Winkler goes in the backyard and he cuts to the people in the house like, "I'm leaving you." Why? And Henry Winkler's being chased by like thirty dogs, and she's like, "You have too many dogs." <laughs> so good. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> it's so good, dude. But yeah, like I, yeah. I was saying, with uh, with like with stories like this, this is one of the reasons I love genre, and which is you know, like I would I don't know what kind of genre Fight Club fits into, but like the the use of genre tropes and violence and everything that it does, and then how it calls back to. Uh, uh, certain kinds of film and like, and makes that a meta part of what's happening. Like uh, all of this is important to like the violence in the movie is important to the transcendence because, uh, and this is where I disagree with truth. Truffaut is like, if you're watching a war movie, uh, if you're watching an anti-war movie, you're showing me something that I agree with. Like I am anti-violence and anti-war. Like, uh, so if you're showing me a war movie that is uh, showing me an anti anti war movie that does not consider why people engage in war and doesn't honestly consider it, then I'm simply agreeing with you. And there's no there's no movie for me to watch. Like if I'm going to have something, uh, if I'm going to get something important out of it. All right. How does that fit with Zardoz? 
dude, see, it's yeah. not very interesting. This fact, actually, but like, it's the, I know. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I feel that that you have to, the movie has to do something to make an argument for the bad guy. Like, it needs to validate the attraction of the cultist that Tyler Darden is, the cult leader. And but if they it, do that because he's really sexy. Yeah, they make him super and sexy, and fight, super charming. And like, Man. It's all like it's brutal, but it's like engaging and beautifully shot. Like and all the, and all the arguments that he makes that they make about, it. and the, and everyone's there like agreeing to be there. And it's kind of like a like there's sexual overtones that make it sort of like intriguing and all this kind of stuff. Like they do everything they can to rope you into believing, and this is the this is a valuable uh, experience uh, spiritually, right? And if you didn't. If you didn't think that at some point in the film, if you didn't go, ah, oh, it is true about fucking duvet is why we even have a separate word or Starbucks is blah, 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 whatever it is. Like if the movie can't bring you in that far, then it's not saying anything. Like it's just saying something that you agree with. Like, you know, what's bad mean men that beat people. And you're like, yeah, that's true. Uh, you got anything else? But now I watch this and I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I bought it. Like I swallowed the red pill, <laughs> you know, like I right. did the smart, the, the smart intellectual, nice guy, the liberal dude, you know, and at the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh shit. Like that says something to me about how I am interacting with my own life. And that's, what's valuable. Like you make a, you make a movie like, um, I don't know. Like you can, there's a shitload of like bad anti-war movies that just so like, you know what? War is bad. Yes. But you watch apocalypse now and you really understand war is insane. Like you have to experience this in order to get the argument. Like the great transcendence for me of apocalypse or Dr. Strangelove or Dr. Strangelove. Like 1917 is a great war. 1917. Like you have to understand the, uh, this, the attractiveness of this insanity in order to understand why people fall for it. And if you don't buy it, then there's no argument being made. So like that, it varies the same way. It's like, it uses these very light, almost threes company style, uh, joke setups, uh, into, so to lull you into saying, okay, so killing people is the joke. That's fine. Um, but as it gets the, the, as the stakes get higher and higher and higher and the emotional value is truer and truer, like you start to have real stress, about the thing you already agreed to. Like all of a sudden killing people is kind of fucking terrifying as it should be, you know, and you're worried about people that you were thought were a joke, you know, like that's what these movies do. Well, if it didn't bring you in, it wouldn't be valuable. Siddhartha yeah. does this. If everyone's read Siddhartha, like you don't, unless you go through the whole journey, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You have to go through the whole journey, not just the fight club part. Yes. That's what we're saying. <laughs> that's right. Watch the whole movie. Figure <laughs> exactly. it all out. Exactly, exactly, right? exactly. There you go. Okay, we have an important problem we need to solve. That's it. Uh, technically, this episode is our 99th episode. Oh, shit, that's right. Is it really? So, yeah. Yeah, that's, which, is which is cool. So, uh, you know, 99. anyone in chat, uh, if in two weeks we got to figure out what we're going to do for our 100th episode or what we can do. Uh, if we have any good ideas, you can throw them out now. But we gotta figure something out for for one hundredth episode. I am, yes, yes, yes. Do you guys Although have any, any, any thoughts? We, can you believe we made it this long? 
I'm excited, man. I'm just as excited as the first show we ever did. Like it's, uh, it's fantastic. Technically speaking, we are not doing it in two weeks because I will actually be on vacation. I will be in Hawaii. Right. So right. our 100th episode will probably be... That shows a commitment, doesn't it, guys? Just for everybody listening, does that really show commitment? Yeah. Well, I great. We'll know. be here in, in the, in the I basement. I don't know. Fighting. I do not know. <laughs> but we're going to go... Probably August 13th is probably when we'll be recording that 100th episode. Spread the word, man. Like, let's get everybody here. <laughs> yeah. Let's get every. Tell everybody on Facebook. Tell everybody on Twitter. Yeah. Like, Let Martini people know, Giant like, 100. Martini Giant 100. It would Hashtag be, Martini uh, Giant 100. Is there a way we can have people call in so some people can come on quickly and then get off and we let other people on? I, I You know what I would love, oh, actually? Gosh. Like, I, I think it's a. Brilliant, so we can have people yeah. call in and they can zoom in quickly. Hey, congratulations, guys. There's my, yeah, I like always a, loved Eric. Like, we don't have enough fans. Never talk a lot. Yeah, we, uh, that'll take us. It's going to be Dave 3D guy and McMonkey Man. It's still Dave 3D. Like, just change your voice. Be like, yeah, yeah, this is Robert. <laughs> this, this is, is Robert. Yes. And exactly. I love you guys. And Eric, you're the greatest. And then another guy. Hey, this is Dave. <laughs> and I love you, Eric. And I'm into it. Yeah, no, no, I like. I, I think that we should do. Uh, like, I think that we should do uh, a movie, and we should have call-in time, and we should make a day of it. Make a make a make a full experience. martini giant. So we got first-time caller, Cullen. <laughs> I, I, we could we could we could do that. <laughs> we could do it. But, but please let us know what you want us to cover. Go to our Discord. Start chatting yeah. about it. Go to our Discord. If anyone anyone needs a Discord link, let us know. We'll throw it into the chat. But uh, we can we can. Uh, give you that but yeah go to our discord and if if you guys are listening to this podcast instead uh go to our uh go to our twitter which is at martini giant mm-hmm. and uh, our discord link is right on our twitter description at the top so i'm not ending the podcast necessarily but you know we're kind of winding so we gotta down. get it out there yeah it's important it's important yeah well, thankfully we have a new social media director who's going to help us spread the word but i think that everyone yeah, should also she, spread the word She's she's definitely helping me. I, I, I'm kind of getting the getting the the cool vibes of the TikTokness. I got to tell you, Dan, this is great. So super what, fun, what, right? Yeah, so what, yeah. So so Dan and I each are going to do our own sort of personalities on TikTok, and Eric may join as well. I already then, joined today. Nice. We are going to. But I'm going to uh, do all visuals. I'm not doing any uh, talking. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, even yeah, I love it. That's a great idea. I love this idea. And then we're going to start a Martini Giant TikTok itself, which is going to reference all the other TikToks. Right. So right. we'll all sort of be able to uh, to make that part of our genre in some way. Uh, because it, yeah, we're all saying our little point of view, and we all have our little personalities. And I think just doing that as a TikTok is is a great idea. Yeah, I'm excited so, about this. It's it's been very. I, like- I do like. It's interesting because. I've been noticing Instagram has been changing a lot lately. And as I start realizing, like, oh, they're trying to catch up to TikTok no, because yeah. it's a lot of very TikTok-y feeling now that yeah. I see how YouTube TikTok has made works. space for this as well. Like, they, Yes, like, they have like, YouTube yeah. shorts, right? YouTube shorts, yeah, exactly. It's like, and the thing, the thing is, like, you know, like I get, like, uh, when I put up a TikTok, like, uh, if I'm, I'm very happy that people have been said some kind words about my lengthy ramblings on the show. <laughs> They're very, very patient, but there's a limit uh, that you, I have to actually edit what I'm saying down into something that makes sense. And it makes me think harder about what the movie. So when you see the TikToks, you're like, Oh, maybe he does have a point. He's not just flapping his lips. <laughs> right. It makes me a little bit more focused about what I'm saying. 
Yeah, you have to be very concise. You you have to remove every single little pause you take. You can't, yeah. It's got to be super concise. And you have to get them, because people are, if you don't say something interesting in the first few seconds, they're going to flip up. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's it. it. But it's a challenge. It's a great challenge. I'm having a good time with it. And Chris's new TikTok is A+. I loved it. It was a great statement of, uh, uh, it was like a, uh, um, a statement of purpose. Uh, yeah. It's just like this is. Uh, I still, I still, I still love my daughter's criticism. I'll, for those of you who who weren't here at the beginning of the podcast, my my daughter, who's been uh, our social media manager and, and who encouraged us to join TikTok and to try to make this all happen, uh, she was making a joke about me saying basically like. Because in my in my particular TikTok, I, I make a statement about Gen X and 80s movies and how we're force feeding it on our kids. And so I make a statement that I'm a Gen X person. And she says, and Dad, I don't think you need to tell people that you're a Gen X person. I'm pretty sure they're going to figure that out. And I thought she was going to say because I look old. But she said that because you're holding your phone down and looking up at your, you know, <laughs> looking like, down at your phone. Like <laughs> and so – that is what old people do and so therefore they know you're a gen xer so i was like oh my god that's such a dig and she tried to do it in the sweetest way which made it even worse and funny funny it's okay just eat some more eat eat, eat your jello and we'll talk about it after after your show yeah Yeah. Yeah, well i've I've been told i put my face too close to the phone yeah you better expect me to keep on doing that because that's how it's going to roll. <laughs> I'm up like this. Hello. <laughs> you don't like it? I'm sorry to scare you. That's my Zardoz frame of mind. Yeah, <laughs> All yeah. you get is the giant floating head. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. She she keeps telling me, like, as I'm going through my TikTok, it's like, telling me all things to click on and not click on to get the algorithm to figure me out, which is like, yeah, that's yep. good. My Instagram is seventy five percent ads right now. It's no insane. Shit. Yeah, dude, really? <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I had to. I literally had to train mostly fly fishing. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. Like, I, I had to train my TikTok because, like, when I first went on, like, all it was was like, uh, like uh, women like tugging at their shirts and suddenly wearing bikinis. That was like the entire stream. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to I, I, I've been rushed, getting some of that too. Let's like, not rush to judge. <laughs> like, I'm just like, as, as, as drawing as this is to the eye, I'm, I'm going to only get more if I don't start scrubbing through these quicker. Like this, right, we right. just have to you know, just keep on rolling guys. Well, I started, I clicked on a couple of things, which was some cute dog and cat videos. And I was That's, like, then it like, this it was like, okay, well, what that you took want? over, that took over the bikinis, which was yeah. good. Yeah, like, it's a step yeah. up anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah. like you don't want to like just turn on your phone and suddenly you just yeah, it's bad. News. I, I, right. my, 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 uh, my, my sexist uh, feed, of course, because they figured out I was male pretty quickly, mm. which is funny. But my sexist feed was, uh, let's say, very hourglassy women, like very hourglassy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they've already scraped your data, man. They know what you're. They know what you're after. That's what it is. They're just like, like, you like okay. who you are. And you're like, you don't very know me. <laughs> like, but but it, it was almost like. As if they were hourglassy and then they took like a waiting like a weight belt and like cinched it to make it even more like yeah, out yeah. like just just bold on top and bold on the bottom. It's like, I think with, that with is social media like, advertising it's almost you is, disturbing like what the yeah. fuck is that yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it puts the pedal to the metal on what it thinks you like and if you don't if you don't 
retrain it right quick. That's what yeah, yeah, and of. that's not what I. That's I have the same problem on YouTube as a as a map painter. Like when I'm never because I just did. Uh, I think I can say this now. I just worked on Jamie Foxx's new movie that's going to be on Netflix, and there's a bunch of crazy gore and all this kind of stuff. So I'm using a lot of. Uh, oh, that looks cool. Oh, it's that. it's super Go fun, ahead. man. I'm I'm actually this is one of the uh, movies I've been most excited about recently. It was really great to work on. The scenes look funny as hell. It's a show or a movie. It's a it's a movie, and it's like a vampire movie. Essentially, it's yeah, a vampire action film. Yeah, it's super good. Yeah. And all the stuff I've seen looks hilariously fun. And, uh, and, uh, but I, in order to do the work, like I had to, just like when I was working on Zodiac, like I had to, uh, uh, Google, do Google lots of research for bullet wounds and sword wounds and all this stuff. And like you start looking for videos on, on dude, that. A, dude, an incognito window, man. Otherwise, dude, it's fuck it you. is fucking. Yeah bizarre the shit they started showing me i'm like stop serving this to me and that's my job <laughs> like i have to go and like look up m- way more normal things just to clear it from my feed yeah it's yeah. really, really bad well you can actually go to your feed and say not interested not interested not interested. Uh, that's true yeah no i should really i should really root that out yeah to, yeah i've been doing that, that was, i was trying to figure out like why the fuck am i getting so many ads and then um I, 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 so it's like, just go to every ad you get and say, not interested, not interested. And they start, they start. Yeah. It, start, it, it starts to finally understand. Like, yeah. And for the most part, I'd like, it's my, just a YouTube lot of work. Says, you got to constant. Yeah. You really got to. Yeah. I know. You basically got to retrain an AI yeah. to yeah. be, it's just, it's almost like, I don't know. Instagram is. That's why you have to get a separate account and you yeah. do your search count. Like for anything like what you're yeah, saying. That's, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's really something man. I've but been yeah, using like, the Brave browser recently. It's actually pretty good. Which one? Brave. Brave. Mm, don't anything about it. Brave is it's basically it's Chrome, but mm. instead of being run by Google, it's just running Chromium. Uh but it's it's uh shall we say web three based so that yeah. you basically it's uh, you have your crypto personality encrypted by your by you. Right. So you own it. It's not owned by Google. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of the the point of it. I don't know if I'm actually gaining anything out of that, but it helps. Now, yeah. that's just for my Google searches and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, But if I, I actually go to YouTube with my Brave browser, it's not going to hide that. Like YouTube's like, yeah, thank you. Give me all the data. You know what I mean? Right. So, <laughs> also off of that, I want to re-advertise. I'm trying to find it now because I can't remember what it's called. The, uh, hang on, I'm just going to look this up. Movie. Let's see. What, hey, do I have it? Shoot, I got to find it. I found. I put up on my in uh, in both my Twitter feed and Martini Trans Square feed. There is an alternate version of the IMDb, which is like the IMDb used to be. Oh, what? good. And I was like, "Thank what are you God, talking about? yeah, I, I'll I'll dig it up. And I'm going to retweet it. I was so excited by this because the IMDb used well, to be, put it in our chat on Discord. On uh, yeah, I'll put it up in uh, Discord Twitch as well. Now. Yeah, like this is you need uh, some alternate. Is this still IMDb or is it something totally it is, different? Uh, it's a community. It's more like it's set up more like Wikipedia, I believe. Uh, yeah, here it is. Uh, TheMovieDB.org. I'm going to put that uh, link. This is the this is what I want." Put it in our Twitch. And put it in Twitch right now. Okay, okay this is in uh, uh, in general. Uh, no, check in our Twitch, not our Discord, our Twitch. Oh, I'm putting it in the Discord now. Uh, I'm going to put it in Twitch. Hang on. Putting it in Twitch right now. Everybody, check this out. This made me so happy. Whenever I spend hours, collected hours, of bitching about IMDb, 
It's because I want it to be back to what it was, which is essentially this thing. Clean, easy to read, information, instantaneous, and all the data that you want, as opposed to, wow, yeah, hello. Isn't that nice? Who are you in my life? Where did Everything you, get this, you want, like clean front page, search for things, you get it, like get it immediately. Well, I can tell you right now, I looked myself up and all it said was I was a lighter on Oblivion. So it's obviously missing it's, information. It's not full yet. Yes. Uh, Dan Thrawn doesn't produce very much either. It, right. It's, uh, they're working on it. And, not that uh, I need to look myself up, but I know that I'm an obscure person in the industry. I just did that for obscurity. Yeah. But uh, this, please join this and add to it because if IMDb, if I never had to look at that site again, I'd be perfectly happy. That is so IMDb is owned by IMDb Amazon. is owned, owned by owned by Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but I think originally it was actually owned. It was started University? by University of Louisiana, I believe. Yeah. No, this is a strange. In, in the early days of the internet, like early, early, early days of dot com, right. they used yes. to be great. It used to be great. Mm-hmm. Like, now it's just trying to sell you shit constantly. It's it's insane. It looks like I'm looking at twenty. Instagram but you know what? That's why I don't once. go on Facebook anymore because it's just too overwhelming. It's like a UI overdose. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's too like much. Win app. Yeah, it is. It is. Win just loaded with so much crap that it's just impossible to stay yeah. focused. And if you have ADD, you you run. Yeah, you don't look over your shoulder. It. That's a minefield. Don't that's look over minefield. your shoulder. Just keep running. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And it's too bad because I did at one point really like IMDb, but it just slowly became sidebars of shit. Okay, it, no, no, it's on. ads for movies now, which is which is exactly what it should have been a resource, not yes. not TV guide. Yes. You know, you're trying to sell movies to people who work in the movie business. It's like, <laughs> we're in the business, that's, you moron. You don't have to know. sell me this crap. If I want to see about movies, I'll go to Variety. Okay, yes. just give me the info I need. Well, there's a lot of non-movie people who look at INDB a lot as well. Yeah. All right. Listen, this was a there's great a, episode. There's also yes, a lot of websites that cover films, promotions, like everything. It should stay, you know, semi-professional. Sure. It. They destroyed it. it. They destroyed yeah. it. Well, now it's back in this new form, and I highly encourage people to join and edit and add. And maybe I'll finally get credit for the last few years of my work, as opposed to fighting IMDb over the fact that I've done any visual effects in the first place. Wow. Hate there you go. <laughs> I truly All right. Them. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, joining. That was a good show. Was that a three-hour show? Yep. Uh, just short of it, because we... Well, actually, if we can include the part where I... <laughs> accidentally where, where, where we had to restart uh yeah, that's that's yeah, right it's all part of, of the entertainment so it was part of the 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 prelude or the the what's the what's the word i'm the what's the word i'm looking for in the in the movie theater when they uh, the um yeah where they play the music and they let you yeah, what's the what's that in. called what's it called that's the uh intermittent not the intermission the uh it's uh, overture it's the, the overture. overture yeah it's the overture. The overture. Yeah. So, yeah we're it's, yeah overture anyway uh yes it definitely was a three-hour show a, a great and we knew i knew that we could cover uh 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 did, it did not feel like we were like searching for material we really got into fight club that's a good one great buddy. show yeah uh we got our next show better be as good as this one because it is our 100th so and that will probably be recorded in the next three weeks. If you guys don't say anything, it's going to be Air Bud. So get it. Oh, go. no. Just saying. <laughs> no, no, no. Get no, it. No. Get on it. 
get on it and we'll no, figure no. it out. Uh, next week, we will do a watch party. If anyone uh, would like to be on the watch party uh, that is a subscriber, including Weltzingler, Weltzingler, I know I'm always mispronouncing your name. I'm so, I apologize for that. Please let us know. If you are not part of the subscriber uh, part of our uh, in our Discord, Weltzingler, let me know because I you may I may not see your name in here. Um because you may have a different name and uh, I may just have to uh, manually assign your, uh, your discord uh, status. So just let me know uh, on our discord what uh, you need me to do that. Side note about that. Anyway, uh, thanks anyway. Uh, thanks everybody for, for joining. Uh, this has been a great discussion. I was super, super, super looking forward to talking about fight club with Eric and Dan and, uh, and it was a lot, a lot of fun. That was and great. Anthony Rosenbottom, thanks for joining as well. Uh, uh, can I throw a Discord invite? Like, oh, yes. Yes, please. Uh, hold on a second, Anthony. I'll put a Discord invite in right, right now. Thanks uh, to uh, Jason and uh, Dave 3 guy. Thank and you. Thank you, man. And, all the, and Alan Schneller and everybody. The, uh, the, the, usual, the usual crew. It's always awesome. Uh, we'll get everybody on the show eventually. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, we got to yeah. find a way to like people can call in temporarily, dude. One one of these days, someone's going to reveal themselves to be Noho Hank, and then they're gonna oh my be god, on- it's Noho but, Hank, that would be amazing. I'm, I'm sorry if that I did your accent terribly, amazing. but that, is a, that would be a, a great uh, to get him on joy. the show. Yay! <laughs> uh, uh, I'm assuming that that is you who just joined our Discord right now, uh, Anthony. Uh, uh, please click on the uh, uh, on the rules section, get all the rules, hit a little check mark there, and then you will have access to the rest of our Discord. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, guys. A lot of fun. Uh, that was fun. Uh, we will talk. See you talk. watch party next week. Yep. Right. I love it. All right. You ready to do it? Yep. Ready to do it. Drink. Huh. Drink. Drink.